1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a
0: location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking
1: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: This is the Opening Drive Podcast
3: on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
0: Sunshine, lollipops and rainbows, everything
3: that's wonderful is what I feel and we're Good morning, everyone,
4: and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN with Brooke Grimsley, with Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and your Cardinals are winners. Steven Matz is a stud. He is a... I, uh, the Cardinals, yes, the Cardinals <laughs> <laughs> traded a number 32 a little over 50 years ago, a left-handed number 32. But karma, karma, baby, we've got a left-handed number 32 that's just like Steve Carlton. His name is Steven
5: Matz, and he rocks. Hi, kids. How you doing? How's your weekend? <laughs> it it was better after a a victory yeah victory (laughs) finally
1: (laughs) just don't just forget about the rest of the stuff that happened this weekend right sunday you gotta win
5: that's all that matters
1: what what else happened this weekend anything crazy
5: have uh have you guys well
4: yeah there's a lot of dysfunctional organizations so, yes, we've seen more dysfunctional organizations over the course of time. We've seen the New York Jets. We've seen the L.A. Clippers under Donald Sterling. We have seen the, uh, well, there's a lot of with the Ottawa Senators. We, we've seen a lot of dysfunctional organizations. But for uh, a hallmark organization like the Cardinals, a pristine organization, an organization that is looked up to by other organizations in all of sports Not just in Major League Baseball For that organization to be as dysfunctional As they are right now is astounding And they've had some pretty dysfunctional times They had a guy named Vern Rapp As their manager in the 70s, he was a mess uh, They, When the brewery checked out And didn't want to own the team anymore In the early 90s, it was a mess But at least they had Joe Torre then Now, it's a complete mess And I don't know how they fix it It's... It's, it's stunning. It's shocking to me how, since Ryan Helsley's meltdown in Game 1 against Philadelphia, how the entire organization has melted down. It's crazy. I think it's
1: interesting that you point to that. So are you saying that there might be something that has changed? Or well, that there's... I think
4: there's a level of panic, obviously, that exists with this franchise. And by the way, they were panicking that day. Uh, there was an interview. Uh, somebody did an interview with Mike Maddox early in the season or during the off season where he was talking about how panicked it was as Helsley was melting down. And now it's kind of like,
5: well, that's what we do is we panic. It's something that I haven't seen from this organization or, or good organizations, as, we've, as, you, as you've mentioned. Uh, it's leadership, though. I mean, when you have clear and concise leadership, you tend to do the things the right way. And I'm, I'm not talking about Ali. I'm saying there's a leadership issue. You have to make a decision. And stick with it The waffling that has been going on You know, the past couple of weeks mm-hmm. With Jordan Walker being sitting down Now Wilson Contreras The, the $80 million catcher that you went out He's going to be Yadier's replacement Now you're saying Well, he's just going to DH and play in the outfit Wait, no, nope, we're not going to play him in the outfit It's too much waffling And that is the lack of leadership in the in, in why this team is so poor right now
4: Guys, I'm old But age brings wisdom and 43 years ago, the Cardinals had a general manager general manager named John Claiborne. All the Cardinals really needed was a closer. And he could have gotten brought Bruce Sutter didn't make the trade. And he was just kind of floundering, John Claiborne was. And the team, the Cardinals, were floundering. They were just bad. And what Gussie Bush did was he summoned Whitey Herzog from his home in Kansas City to Grant's Farm. And they had a blood sausage sandwich and a Budweiser. And... Gussie asked him, yeah. Gussie said, what's wrong with my ball club? And Whitey told him. And he said, you want to manage? And Whitey said, yeah, I guess. And he offered him a one-year contract. Whitey said, no, I need three. Uh, and he got the three-year contract, goes down and sees what a mess there is in the clubhouse. And a couple of weeks later, Gussie said, you want to be the general manager? Whitey <laughs> says, ah, I don't know, let me think about it. And he, and he did. He, he re- discovered that the only way that he could fix it was by overseeing the personnel of the team. That was 43 years ago, and Whitey Herzog, obviously, three years later, two years later, wound up winning the World Series. The reason I make this point is because you you have that guy out there right now. I'm not suggesting anybody should get fired. But what I am suggesting is, if I'm Bill DeWitt Jr., I am summoning Joe Madden, and I'm saying, okay, take a look at my ball club. Do you want to manage it? And Joe Madden will say, well, I'm going to have to have some control. And Bill DeWitt needs to say, okay, you can have control. And Joe Madden will say, well, you have a president of baseball operations. And all Bill DeWitt has to say is, well, you are the czar of baseball operations. (laughs) Your title is above president of baseball operations. And you get a guy that has a history of winning, that knows how to teach people, that everybody adores the Tampa Bay Rays organization. Where did Joe Madden cut his teeth? Under whom did the Rays first start winning? It was Joe Madden. If you want to build the organization, I'm, I'm not saying you fire anybody. But if you want to build the organization, then you need the right person at the top. And for whatever reason, this organization is fractured right now. There's a million things. And we're going to, well, let's talk about Wilson Contreras right now. Yeah. 33 games into an $87.5 million contract. Everybody knows the story now. You have pretty much defanged your catcher. You've told him, well, we don't think you can catch. You say, well, we'll give you a couple of weeks. You're going to play the outfield and then you're going to play, you're going to DH next day. Less than 24 hours. Well, no, you're not really going to play the outfield. We, we talked about that. It's just an absolute disaster. They need FEMA down there. It's, it's a disaster area.
1: <laughs> I don't even know if FEMA can help I with I don't that. think so. But But here's something that is very interesting and it plays into what you guys are both saying accountability mm-hmm. there is not accountability right now with this leadership group and I'm sorry it does include Ali Marmal in that he should be advocating for his players mm-hmm. and to keep some type of continuity or you know leadership within this clubhouse because there's a lot of things that you can point to with this whole Wilson Contreras thing one, does this mean that the starting pitchers were going to Ali Marmal and to the front office and saying we can't be successful with Wilson Contreras behind the plate? This is not working out. First of all, can we just talk about that starting pitching we knew was not going to be elite going into this season? I think that we all were very well aware of that. Are we saying that Wilson Contreras is the reason behind this right now? Even though we knew that pitching was not going to be elite enough, we th- we knew that the offense was going to be elite enough to carry this team forward with some wins, hopefully more wins than this. It just seems like the game plan is completely out the window, and that's accountability on the front office and the management group, the coaching staff, for this not panning out. Because you know what looks really, really bad? On Saturday, you say Wilson Contreras, your catcher that you signed for five years, 87 and a half million dollars, is now going to be your DH and also in the outfield, possibly creating even more of a log jam for those positions and taking away more at-bats from a guy like Nolan Gorman, who deserves a lot of at-bats. He has worked his tail off and has improved this season. What does that mean for Jordan Walker and his return? I mean, there's, there's so... I, I put this on Twitter. It's a giant ripple effect that's very wide on how many different things this affects with the team by you all of a sudden shunning Wilson Contreras. And, and then you turn around the next day and exclusive with Katie Wu, with the athletic John Mose, like there was not cameras there. You say, well, we had a discussion with him and now he's not going to be a part of the outfield. He's going to be a DH. Why did you do that then? Is it because of the backlash you got from the public and now the national media weighing, weighing in as well? When you are a, a leader, you understand that everyone is not going to agree
5: or understand why you do certain things. But stand you stand in it. You don't yes. run away from it. You don't shy away from it. You don't backtrack. You don't backpedal. You stand and say, No, this is the this this is the decision we made. This is why. And we feel it's the best decision. Yes. You don't care what anyone else has to mm-hmm. say because it's your decision. And if John Moselag like would have said, yeah, I don't care that you all don't agree with it. This is what's best for our team. Then everyone else shuts up and goes about their day. But when you go back and say, well, maybe he won't be in the outfield. We know he won't be catching. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really know. If you don't know, sir, then how should we and how should the fans? And then there's a, a level of frustration because you you brought this man in with the expectation of replacing one of the greatest Cardinal catchers to, yeah. to, to be here, in, to in, to ever be here. He is supposed to be his replacement. The As you spoke about, Brooke, the fanfare, the fanfare for for Contreras, the fanfare for Jordan Walker, all the excitement for these guys to be here and be, a, be where they were supposed to be on this roster and in this lineup, and now you've sent one down to the minors, and now the other one isn't doing the position that you brought him, that you signed him to do. So I don't know. If you're it, it it explains to me why this team is 11 and 24 right now. Mm -hmm. It's 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 a clear picture, because if you don't have clear, concise leadership, then you're going to struggle throughout the every every facet of your team is going to struggle and they're struggling on the field. But everything starts at the top. Get to a fall guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it it really looks like look, we I feel like we've been on the panic bus, especially last Mm -hmm. week with the way that things were going. This has been a historically bad start. For the Cardinals to their season, and we've been on the panic bus, and you're thinking, okay, maybe the Cardinals keep preaching patience. Doesn't seem like they're on the panic bus. Guess what? Those moves this weekend shows that the Cardinals are on the panic bus, yep. and guess who they threw underneath the panic bus? Who Wilson is it? Wilson
2: Contreras. Get you a fall guy.
1: Oh, and there's your fall mm. guy. Yep, there you go. <laughs> it's Wilson right? Yep. It's Wilson Contreras.
2: Now,
4: all this being said, the Cardinals did win yesterday, so let's just hear what Paul Goldschmidt did to help the Cardinals come away with a victory. Uh, his first of Three home runs. He's pretty good.
2: I thought it was interesting to see that like Pittsburgh said, Well, he hits us anyways. Goldschmidt deep out to center. Way back. It's gone. Paul Goldschmidt gets the
4: Cardinals on the board. Tom Ackerman and Jim Edmonds on Valley Sports. Good job by Ackie over the weekend, by the way. Goldschmidt wasn't done. Paul Goldschmidt already has one. There's another long one. Way out to right center see you later another
2: one for paul goldschmidt his second of the day
4: so there's one in the first there's one in the third and the game was tenuous when goldie stepped to the plate again well it wasn't really tenuous but he it provided some insurance every game is tenuous with the cardinals okay and uh, <laughs> goldie stepped to the plate in the eight
2: oh. launched oh. out to left
4: 433 feet, 417 feet, 407 feet for the three home runs for Goldie. And the Cardinals win it by a score of 12 to 6. I mentioned the great Steven Matz, number 32, formerly worn by left-hander Steve Carlton here in St. Louis. Uh, Matsey goes to Carlton-esque five and a third. Well, no, not a Carlton-esque. Okay, but Matsy does go five and a third. He allows one run on five hits. He struck out two and didn't walk anybody. And he threw eighty-four pitches, which is about apparently the capability of Cardinal starting pitchers. Eighty, yeah, eighty, 80 is yeah. the cap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah.
1: did can we, Wilson can we... Contreras decide that? <laughs> <laughs> <But> is, <laughs> is that a Wilson Contreras thing?
6: Maybe. I honestly think that if, if everything doesn't happen on Saturday and I guess Sunday with Wilson Contreras, we're talking. My biggest thing would have been Friday and su- and Sunday. Why are starting pitchers only ge- pitching eighty-seven pitches when they're actually looking good?
4: Uh, Matthew, weird, it was a weird decision on both days. Pro tip, pro tip.
6: Stop
1: when, asking when, questions.
4: When, no, when that sort of stuff happens, why their starting pitchers, not our starting pitchers. True, my bad. All right.
1: Yes. Well, and also, really <laughs> never make that mistake. That home run too that was given up by JoJo Romero. That was the twenty-first home run. Allowed on two strikes so far with the season with the Cardinals. Guess where Wilson Contreras was during that situation. Was he was in the dugout. I, I told you guys maybe they forgot to shut off his pitchcom or something like that, because mm. that had to have been him, right?
4: Yeah. It's all him. Uh can we talk about well, I don't Brooke, I don't want to take away your three things you loved about the weekend, but Taylor Motter got DFA. Is that going to be one oh, of?
1: Oh, you guys, come on, come on, I come on. I <laughs> like Tomater. I like Tomater. <laughs> you
4: do now Can we no, t- he's <laughs> not a Cardinal anymore.
1: <laughs> I just here's. I, I've been very consistent with this, guys. I just never understood why he was here, and really, I don't think anybody did because what did John Mozalek said? They wanted he wanted a player that wouldn't complain yeah, about, about not, not getting about that, that much playing. playing time, yeah, yeah. and he really didn't. He was DFA'd. What was it, April 23rd, and then you DFA him again. That's tough. I, yeah. you, you feel for him and you hope he lands with a team that actually has yep. a job for him other than riding the pine. Yep.
4: And by the way, one other note here for John Moselik. Like, and I'm not somebody that uh, provides concrete advice Every you know, I, I just, I guess, suggested that they hire somebody above him. But uh, for the most part, I, I don't give player advice and contract advice. Avoid Cubs free agents and huge contracts from now on, please. Uh, no. Do it. it's, mm. it's not working well for you. It's yeah. not. So just avoid that. Mm-hmm. All right. Coming up, we've got three things that uh, we loved about the weekend. Actually, two things each. Uh, but we'll, we'll do it. We'll have six <laughs> total things. Coming up next on 101 ESPN.
3: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
7: All hey. right. What we
4: love the here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke, Carey, and Randy. I sure like seeing Stan Kroenke's team lose last night, lose two in a row. And, yeah, uh, I, I like seeing our, our Phoenix Suns catch up oh, to yeah. two. Now we need to go to the altitude, get one, and then win this baby in six. Yep.
5: Which is probably going to happen. I mean, I think so. Jokic is a great player, right? He's a fantastic player. Uh, Choke it ch- <laughs> oh. Courtesy of Warden Randy character. <laughs> <laughs> He's a regular season stud. <laughs> Come playoff time. Hey, that uh, guy and is- by
4: the way, he did score 53 last <laughs> night. But,
5: but did I uh, win at crunch time
4: in the final minute?
5: <laughs> he blew a layup. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Rock is freaking out. Uh, Rock is very hot. <laughs> <laughs> See, a guy choked who scored 53 in a did playoff they win? game. Yeah. Give me 25 in the dub. Oh, thank you. My God. Are you that guy, Rock? That's You're right. that guy, huh? You're the guy that that if we lose and I score 50, meh. meh. What happened in that series where Jordan scored
6: 63?
5: It was Terry. They didn't win, exactly.
4: Well, there you go. And then
6: what oh, happened? We,
5: was, we still talk
4: about it. Yeah, what happened with the, it's uh, the 6 championship? Uh, by the way, I didn't even get I, <laughs> I, I, I was so excited about saying that I didn't even give Matthew a chance to play the number. <laughs> number 1 or number 2? I guess number. number 2. There we go. Uh, uh,
1: my number 2. You already stole it from me, Randy. My number two from this weekend. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, We're no. just gonna... Do not. <laughs> it's just Randy's face. Do not. Look, look. We, oh we, love, we love Tomater. We love Tomater. But oh. come on. It was a move that needed to happen. But can I tell you, like, the series of, like, me just, like, reading through everything that happened on Saturday. So all of a sudden, I saw that the Cardinals tweeted out they made some moves. I'm like, oh, ooh, what's happening? Juan Yepes. That was... That was a great thing from this weekend. And then all of a sudden, Taylor Motter, DFA'd. I was like, okay, that that makes sense. Thank goodness. Because he didn't have a purpose. That's it. I want people to have a purpose. I, I root for that. He didn't he have a purpose. He had a
5: purpose, Brooke. He's on the roster. He was here. I found my like special,
2: special purpose. purpose. I use have it all the time.
1: But, but then all of a sudden, then you had that other move where Barrera was called up and I was like, hmm, what this the- is weird. And then I had little did I know what all was gonna unfold the rest of it cuz there was no way I could predict Ugh. that in the same weekend that you're going to DFA Taylor Monter, you're going to bring up a third catcher for your roster mm-hmm. and have and that Yeah. put your happen. starting
5: catcher at DH. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Uh my number th- my number 2 is Paul Goldschmidt. The day he had yesterday 4 for 5, 4 RBIs, 3 home runs, literally, I mean, you know, carried the Cardinals. I mean, he should have carried them a few of them around the bases because he is Uh, he's showing up being the MVP that he needs to be for this team to have success I am uh, I was excited about that finally getting the win I did get a little nervous when Jojo Romero Mm -hmm. gave up that grand slam uh, there and so it it became it it became oh here we go again for a second but the Cardinals found a way to, to right the ship and get it going in the right direction
8: I've got one. I've
5: got a special purpose. <laughs> <right>. Number one.
4: <laughs> guys, one of the cool things when, when I covered teams on a regular basis was getting to know players. In the, the 80s teams, we were all, all right around the same age, so I still have relationships with uh, the, the guys like Terry Pendleton and obviously Ozzie Smith and uh, and Willie is still here with the team, but the team that I really developed the my closest relationships with Cardinal Wise was the group that came up in 1990 with Bernard Gilkey, Brian Jordan, Ray Langford. Ozzy was still with that group. Uh, Zeal, just a, a really good group of people. It was cool yesterday to catch up with Bernard and Brian on the, on the golf course because they're two of not only my favorite players to cover, but my favorite people that have been around the Cardinals and they're just really good guys and still obviously big Cardinal fans and great Cardinal alumni. So just to be able to catch up with those guys and have them be so entr- entrenched in St. Louis, Bernard's still working for the organization. BJ, uh, by the way, Bally sports, BJ's a free agent. He's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. If, uh, BJ should be on your <laughs> broadcast crew yeah. somehow. Uh, mm-hmm. we love everybody in the broadcast crew, but Brian Jordan should be on your broadcast crew. And, uh, so BJ, his foundation does great work. And he was in town doing work with the Demetrius Johnson charitable foundation, uh, HBCU Combine this weekend. So great to catch up with with those guys. And my buddy Dan Weinstrauer. I know Dan is listening and uh, he was with us. Bob Hawkins, uh, uh, Chris... uh, Chris uh, Wilms, Wilmus We had a chance to uh, hang out with some really fun people yesterday out at Lake Saint Louis.
1: Wow, that's that's a lot of fun. Shout out
4: to shout out to Bernard Gilkey. Gilkie. he used to live next door to my uh, uncle. Oh, did he? Growing okay. up. Yep. Yeah. Hey, he, we we talk about the great Saint Louis athletes. He's one of them. You mm-hmm. know, he had a really good career. Mm-hmm.
1: My number one thing, and it kind of plays into what you were talking about, Carrie. It was a great day for your MVP, playing like an MVP, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be always all on him to carry right. the team, but he did a lot. What I liked most specifically, though, is the curtain call the fans gave him, because the here's the thing. Yeah, they snapped an eight-game losing streak, mm-hmm. right? But they have been playing terrible to this point. We've, we've heard the boos inside of the stadium, but... For them to give Paul Goldschmidt a curtain call, those—that that is the reason why these fans deserve more right now, yeah. honestly, because they are so fair. They will cheer you on when you deserve to. Even if things are not going great at the moment, they will do the respectful thing. And that was just great to see that they gave Goldie that curtain call.
5: My number one was, and and so Rock will per- ears perk up, his ears will perk up to this. Bronny James deciding to go to USA, And for me, the reason why I thought it was a special moment is because of what LeBron James said. You know, I don't know if, Le- if Bronny James ever makes it to the NBA. I know they have him projected to be a lottery pick, which, okay. But... <laughs> I think the fact that LeBron says, you know, it's an emotional day for me because he's the first person in my family to go to college. Mm -hmm. All the things that LeBron has done and and has success with in his life, one of those things that he did not do was go to college and graduate. And so his son being the first person in his immediate family to go to college, to have an opportunity to get get a degree, I thought that was an amazing thing for him to say and for Bronny James to to pick USC and have that opportunity to go to college and, and earn his degree. It'll be interesting to see how long he stays there. And how we don't know how good
4: he is. Randy, we do. Is he leaving
5: after one year? Is he one and uh, done? He will, you know, because somebody's gonna draft him, because somebody's gonna want to get LeBron James mm-hmm. on their roster. If he were not Bronny, if he if his last name was not James, I don't think, I don't think he would be a lottery pick in, in mm-hmm. this upcoming draft. There he's a 6'2, 6'3 point guard. Kind of, he, yeah, I guess the comparison, I I don't know. I Russell Westbrook comes to mind but you know, defensively, but not mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook if that yeah, makes sense. Got you Yep. Yeah, so, so.
1: I thought uh, the announcement was really cool, too, that he did, where it was like, kind of like a video game. Did you see that? I didn't
5: see the announcement. Yeah, that. on
1: social media, it was like kind of like a video game announcement.
5: That's
4: Cool.
1: Where he cool. had like yeah. the different jerseys come out. I don't know. I thought that was cool.
4: Good. Uh, that is three things we loved about the weekend. Cut down to two here on 101 <laughs> ESPN. <laughs> we are going to take your mic drops coming up at 8 o'clock, just on the state of the Cardinals and the weekend of the Cardinals and the dysfunction of your St. Louis Cardinals. But coming up next, we've got our bird watch here on 101 ESPN.
0: The smartest way to do
2: Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
2: We are flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive.
4: Your mic drops for later in the show. But right now, we're going to pick out one thing that we notice about the Cardinals. Boy, there's a lot of things to notice about the Cardinals with our bird watch. And let's get
5: started with CD. What do you got? I'm going to pay attention to Andrew Kisner because obviously with all that's going on with, with Wilson Contreras, him being ousted, I guess, as the catcher and now being... I don't know if it's a demotion when you get moved from your your everyday position to to becoming a DH. I think I'm going to keep an eye. I'm <laughs> going to keep an eye on on Andrew Kisner. and the reason being, Brooke, I was exp- I was talking to you about this during break. It's intriguing and interesting to me that you choose to to put Wilson Contreras as the scapegoat, Randy. Brooke, at last time I checked, when the catcher gives the pitcher a uh, uh, a pitch, that pitcher then has a decision. He can shake his head yes or no. So if he shakes his head, no, then what does the catcher do? He gives him another pitch and then another pitch until the pitcher, what feels comfortable on the pitch that he decides. Now maybe that's the issue. maybe we're we're, we're having to cycle through too many pitches and he's not giving me the the right pitch at the at, at the beginning of the 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 at bat, but at the end of the day, the pitcher is the one throwing the pitch. so, we're going to have to keep an eye on Andrew Kisner. Are the pitchers shaking him off consistently? Are they having more success with Andrew Kisner behind the plate? I'm not really concerned about what he does at the plate because we don't expect much from him. So if you get anything, then you know that's a, that's a plus. But watching him behind the plate, seeing if the pitching staff is a little bit more comfortable, if they're throwing the pitches that they want, obviously because they're the ones throwing it, they want to throw it. Um, just watching him and seeing how well this staff does now that he's behind the plate every day.
4: I think it's very interesting that this move was made with the knowledge that we have the pitch con, because pitchers... They should be calling their own games with Pitchcom, and a lot of pitchers do. Chris Bassett does, Yu Darvish does, uh, because you really don't have time to shake people off with 15 seconds or 20 seconds on the clock. So why shouldn't the pitchers be calling their own pitches with Pitchcom, and they tell the catcher?
5: So how are you blaming the catcher for the game plan? Bingo. Bingo. Shohei Otani calls his own game. Why yeah. are you? How are you upset with the catcher if, if the communication is, is coming? The pitcher, at the end of the day, regardless of who's giving the sign he's throwing the pitch he's throwing the pitch that he wants to throw so who are you how do you blame the man behind the plate for the pitcher not executing his pitches i know
4: how carrie get, get you a
2: fan. fall guy
5: no mm. oh, well randy listen i'm gonna hold my other my thoughts and just, okay brooke your turn
1: well yeah and just real quick to play <laughs> off of that too is This is just so interesting in so many ways because my bird watch is also going to be talking about the catching position, and specifically with Wilson Contreras. So he said this weekend that he had a 10-minute conversation with Yadier Molina. He called up Yadi to kind of talk to him about what he's seeing, all that different kind of stuff. And Contreras said the call really picked up his spirit. Wilson Contreras on talking to Yadier Molina. Molina said he was watching the games, and he said that we're not executing pitches. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not pointing fingers at my pitchers because I'm on their side, but we just need to be better at executing. That's interesting.
4: Yeah, and I would say that that's, that goes hand-in-hand hand
0: with what with we were what just you, talking about, right?
1: What we're just talking about yeah. there. That's why I'm saying. That plays into that, because here's the thing. He he didn't even participate in the World Baseball Classic. He stayed here so he could work with the pitchers. He worked with Steven Metz, He worked with a lot of these guys. And, of course, some of these guys are going to be more comfortable with Andrew Kizer because... Hey, remember, guys, Yachty didn't play the entire season his final season. There was a good stretch that he was gone, so you had Andrew Kisner there. These guys are very familiar, and even Ollie said that this is a very intricate system that they have with the Cardinals, with their you know, catchers and pitchers and stuff. Is it... That that also calls into question: Do you need to make it in a way where it is a little bit easier? Or why was there not like a plan to figure this out? You had spring training to evaluate him. Oh, by the way, he's been in your division for eight years yeah. so evaluate him. I, there's so many questions.
5: There's a text from the five seven three says: No catcher in the history of baseball has ever called for a hanging breaking ball. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I do point. agree. That's yeah. a great way <laughs> it's, yep. it's it's the execution yep. of the pitches. Uh guys, my bird watch is this. Defensive
4: runs saved is from the metrics guys, the, the analytics people that are in the Cardinal organization. Defensive runs saved is a big deal for them. Now, here's what defensive runs saved is. It's a defensive statistic, this according to Fangraphs, uh, calculated by the Fielding Bible, an organization run by John Dewan that rates individual players and teams as above or below average on defense. So, if you're average, you're at 0. If you're above average, then you have plus defensive run saved. If you are below average, then you are minus. Right now, the Cardinals in 2023 are 20th in Major League Baseball with a defensive run saved metric of minus six. This would not be notable if it weren't for the fact that last year, the Cardinals were fourth in defensive run saved. The year before that, Mike Schilt's last year, they were second. In 2020, the Cardinals were first, best defensively in defensive run saved. In 2019, they were fourth. And before Mike Schilt got here in 2018, they were 19th. Mike Schilt implemented somehow a system where the cardinal players played their best defense, and defense is—it's about playing the game the right way, thinking ahead, being in the right spot, and having everybody on the same page, not running into each other. And one of the problems the cardinals have right now is that defensively they don't appear to know what they're doing and it's frustrating because these are fundamentals that should be taught at the minor league level or even before you get to professional baseball and it doesn't appear that the Cardinals are in that mode right now of playing great defense. This is the Cardinals worst defense since 2017.
5: It it really is frustrating. I don't remember who it was that ran into Newt in the outfit. It might have been Donovan Mm -hmm. uh, going from second base to, to right field. Everyone in the ballpark knows that that's Newt's play. If he's coming in and has a has has the momentum behind him, he's going to throw the runner out at home. How do you not know that as the second baseman? How do you not – he took a peek back to see if, if Newt was actually running. You got to know that that should be his ball and that he has a better chance of throwing the runner out coming forward than you ever will going backwards trying to make a play at the plate. Those types of things are, again – I can't put that on coaching. I got to put that on the plate because I don't I haven't played baseball since I was uh, 13 years old. But looking at I've watched enough, I've seen enough. I understand it well enough to know this guy has more momentum coming in. He's going to be able, have a better play at the plate than I will, and he's hauling butt to get here. Let me get out of the way so that he can catch the ball.
4: Here's my comp, Kerry. When you come out of a huddle, you're disciplined enough to know what the play is. You're, you're looking ahead to what's going to happen next. I think that's my issue with the Cardinals, is for whatever reason, and whether it's individual, and it happens, it's happening to the whole team now, but for whatever reason, mentally this team doesn't appear to be drilled to know what's going to happen next or w- what to do defensively next.
5: Jim Edmonds made a really good point on the broadcast, I think it was yesterday, saying that the players are not. He said he sat down with a few of them, went over their cards, looked at it, and this is where they're supposed to be aligned. He said, but if the pitcher is throwing a pitch outside, you got to be able to know, I need to get over there because that's probably where the ball is going to be. They are so caught up in what the numbers mm-hmm. are telling them, and they are no longer reactionary and no longer, he said, as a player at this level, you should have the, the guts to be able to say, yeah... I aligned in this spot because he pitched the ball outside and I knew that the ball was going to be hit there. You can be upset because it's not exactly what the card says, but I'm going to go where the pitch is telling me to go as opposed to what the card is telling me to do because a card is just a piece of paper and a pitch is live action and it's happening right now. So you got players not making in-game decisions because they're so analytical, focused on what the numbers are saying and they're not being reactionary and playing the game the right way
4: can I make one other point about where I am here with uh, with defense the franchise in all of major league baseball with the fewest errors this year they've made 10 errors Mm -hmm. has Mike Schilt as their third base
1: coach oh you've been waiting for that one haven't you
4: yes I have San Diego Padres have made 10 errors fewest errors in baseball Mike Schilt is their third base coach
1: by the way I saw you on Twitter summoning Joe Madden.
4: Uh, yeah, Joe, 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 was, Joe
1: was on tweet. the tweet machine, so I said, uh, yeah, STL beckons.
4: Come on, Joe. Bill DeWitt Jr., it's on you right now. If you want to save Cardinal Nation, if you want to save what you have. Randy, Joe
1: have patience. Gussie
4: did it. Gussie, Gussie ran out of patience because he wanted to, desperately wanted to win. And it's, it, we're all saying it starts at the top. It starts with the owner, right? Yes. This is a disaster. L- l- I was going to ask you to ask this question. I got, I got one minute. <laughs>
5: Disaster is a yeah. perfect. Is, so aside from
4: Paul Goldschmidt, what's good about this team?
5: Uh, Nolan Gorman. I, I, told was, to I told you what was. I told you what was good to me. Yeah. I told you all what I liked. What's that? The pitch clock. No, what? But that's, oh, that's, yeah. that's MLB. But it, it goes fast. <laughs> yeah. Get me out yeah. of there quicker. Yeah. I don't got to watch yeah. this it, mess it, for too long when they're playing poorly. Yeah. So okay, so let, let's
4: throw Gorman in there. Gorman is, has been great. So let's get uh, Gorman and Goldie.
1: Okay, Gorman, Goldie.
5: No, Newt has been hitting Newt, Newt's well. Been great the in the last, leadoff spot. The last three or four days, yeah, yeah so, he's been good in the we're, we're leadoff. We're talking spot. about as a yeah. total, yeah. So, it, the entire well, season.
4: Yeah, exactly. So bullpen, Jordan Montgomery. I, I, I will give yeah. you Jordan Montgomery. Okay. I, I like it. how
5: he's been pitching, even though his his record doesn't show that. Let's just look at portfolios, though. Starting rotation, no, right? No. Nah. Bullpen, no. Nah. Upfield,
4: no. Outfield, no. No. Infield, nah. Yeah, You nah. got Goldie. You got Goldie, right? Catcher? Uh, catcher? Well, we don't even know who that is right, right now. Uh, no. Uh, fundamentals? No. no. Base running? No. no. Bullpen management? No. Yeah. There's really, if we look at it from a portfolio perspective, there isn't one redeeming quality about a position group on this
5: team. Texas from the 636 says Fred Bird's been pretty solid. Fred Bird is always
4: on top of his game.
1: <laughs> yes. Already had the patch on the jersey, too. Yeah. First night. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: And he was the MVP in the COVID season, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
4: With, yes. with everything he did. 314 says Tachos. Tachos are strong. Yeah. I'm just looking at the on-field product. The, the tachos are the reason that I go. And, and the Cardinals do put have on a tacho. great game presentation. I, the people that are behind the scenes there are as good as it gets. And we're yes. lucky here in St. Louis because if you go to other ballparks, it's not like what we have with the with the Cardinals and the way they run the, the off-field aspect of things. But the on-field aspect of things right now is, I think it's worse than it was in 94-95 because... We all knew that ownership had checked out that year and we didn't have expectations. Mm-hmm. I I got to go back to the 70s where we had no expectations to find a time as bad as this for Cardinal Baseball. At least that team could hit. But this is unbelievable.
1: I feel like dysfunctional, disastrous. Is yeah. there another word to throw in there?
4: Um, uh, not that we can say.
7: No. Uh, <laughs> not, <laughs> not horse, <laughs> horse bleep. How, how about horse bleep? Is that what
4: Hmm? Depressing?
1: Depressing. Is oh, you,
6: there
4: yeah. we go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we are going to take your mic drops in the uh, 8 o'clock segment, so at the top of the hour, so you have a few minutes to fire up that old 101 ESPN <laughs> app and use the, Carrie's laughing here, we're going to get to that in a second, <laughs> to use the, the mic drop feature and to tell us what you're thinking of the Cardinals. We do have Take It or Leave It coming up as well in our next segment, 314-399-964-6314-399-YOHO. 399 ho what has got you laughing, CD? Uh,
5: 314 says, I hate the pitch clock, CD. It's less beer that I can drink, and I can't be sober when I watch this team. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Ballpark Village and patios
4: and all of those great establishments in Soulard are open before the games, and all you need to do, go to Soulard, take one of those golf carts uh, down to the ballpark and go in there. So my suggestion would be is if you need to load up on uh, the the brews, then go to an establishment, support local business, and uh,
5: be hammered when you walk in. Can I, and can don't I? Dr- by the way, take an Uber yes, to wherever you're going. That. I know we got a break, but th- the fact that we won the, game, or yeah, won the game, they won the game, and we're still having these conversations... I think that says a lot about what this team is and where this season is going right now.
1: Detroit's bad. Can we just say that? They should have won more than one game. And, I mean, the amount of errors that Detroit had, too, I mean, it's like they handed it over that final one.
4: Unbelievable. This this (sighs) is your 2023, Cardinals. What did we do to deserve this? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Uh, Take it or leave it next time, 101 ESPN.
2: Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. I want to say
0: something? Put it out there it you can take it if you don't
2: set it right back get your text in to 314-399-9646 and give
3: us your take it or leave it brought to you by gloria lou realty visit gloria has the buyers.com and start packing that's my
2: final offer take it or leave it <laughs>
4: 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. 399 ho is the Air Comfort Service text line for Take It or Leave It here on 101 ESPN. All right, kids. Uh, this is from Jeff Passan, and this is before the trade deadline. Last summer, July 26th, Jeff Passan wrote, Uh, Multiple teams worry about Wilson Contreras, who is not known for his game-calling acumen, meshing with a new pitching staff on the fly. The number of teams with World Series aspirations that could use a catching upgrade isn't huge, but the Mets and Astros have been in contact with the Cubs about the 30-year-old free agent-to-be. Teams could seek Contreras more as a bat with the ability to play catcher rather than acquiring him as a primary backstop. So, take it or leave it.
3: Don't say I didn't say I didn't warn ya. Are you a Swifty?
5: I am a Swifty. Are you a Swifty? All in. All is that, in. Is that what her fans are yeah, called? Yeah, they're called oh, the
1: yeah. Swifty. Trying to get tickets.
5: Couldn't get tickets, though.
1: They're expensive from what I've heard. Yeah,
5: almost like $500 impossible. or something
1: yeah. like
4: that for who This was last July. Take it. I'll, July. Take it. July.
1: I'll take it, too. Come on, uh, read rejo- Jeff.
4: Uh, Cardinals, yeah. read Jeff Passon's stuff. He's good. You give him material,
1: <laughs>
5: uh, Randy. Speaking of Wilson Contreras, he's heading home, well, heading back to Chicago today. Uh, Take it to leave it; he gets a standing ovation. Take it.
1: I bet there, he wishes there. it was home at this point. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> you
5: know
1: yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess the theme of the show today should be Wilson Contreras. What is going on here? Poor guy, because yeah. this is the Contreras kerfuffle. Is this like? A, yeah, there, there we yeah. go. We need to bring back kerfuffle because. Uh, take it or leave it, this calls into question how you're evaluating talent. And this isn't just about Wilson Contreras, but you look at some of the other moves. Jordan Walker as well. I mean, doesn't that seem like you're not properly evaluating people? If you're already making these moves, you send down Walker, even though he was about league average offensively. He Best did outfield, what- they had, the right? Yes, thank you. And also, now you're platooning Tommy Edmond and... Um, I'm trying to think what else Zach Thompson was a good lefty out of your pen and now he's down in the minors and he's going to be a. yeah I mean (laughs) and then Wilson Contreras he eight years in your division you had time to evaluate him that I mean we heard the introductory press conference you knew who he was you knew who he was and and to the point that you're
5: making Brook he is not he as far as I've known I know Yachty pitched last year I haven't seen Wilson go on the mound and pitch yet this year no so I'm at the end of the day you want to blame a guy for the pitches that come out of your hand (laughs) that's an intriguing thought
4: Uh, kerfuffle is a good word for it let's get to your texts Matthew what do you got
5: Sorry, I I,
6: I, I, the word kerfuffle makes me laugh every every time. It's a great word. Uh, take it or leave it. So the blue season doesn't look as bad now. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I'm gonna. Huh? Well, they lost
4: seven in a. Did
5: they, they lose seven, or eight eight in a row? seven okay. and eight in a row? Oh god. They, lost, they did that
4: twice. <laughs> but they did it in an 82 game schedule half the time.
5: <laughs> well, the Cardinals, what they lost eight in a row.
4: Yeah. Before they won. Yesterday. But the Cardinals are getting close to 500. Blues
5: at least got close to 500. They did. They did. Well, they had a couple of six-game winning streaks. Yeah, they did. So, what
1: what is the uh, thing that the Cardinals and Blues put out whenever they do joint statements together, where it's like one city, one team? Yeah, are they taking this a little too seriously (laughs) right now? Is this literal? Here
6: you go, Carrie. Take it or leave it. The Warriors win tonight by double digits. Take it.
4: Yeah, I'll take it too.
5: I'm back in this. Alright, All right, back in it. By the way, I, go love, I
4: loved the uh, the old-school football the other night, the nil-nil draw on the pitch in Dallas. Oh nice. We didn't mention that, Postponed. old-school.
6: Yeah. The, yeah, They didn't finish the game technically, we could still get a goal in whatever yeah, that random day in know, scoring. September they, scored, <laughs> they played the score. game.
4: Yeah, no. They, they, they could play till December and they are gonna score.
1: He's re- <laughs>
6: oh my God! <laughs> well, you're right because because even if Klaus is healthy, when they do the replay, he can't go into the they, they can't yeah, put him in really? the lineup. No, you have to play the exact same lineup. Hmm. Yeah, that's. Unfortunate. Everything starts the exact same way as it as it ended when you suspended the game. That's
4: pretty stupid. Unless somebody gets injured, there was a time uh, I can find this, but there was a suspended baseball game where a pitcher got the win and the loss. Because of a suspended game, so he, oh, what? yeah, so he, he, uh, I think he did. Let's see, I, I'm not sure how it worked out, but I think that's the way it worked. Hmm. I'll, I'll find it. It's pretty weird. Anyway, uh, what's next? Oh, I got the Google
6: machine cooking on the oh, okay, on, on the pitcher. Uh, take it or leave This implosion of the Cardinals is at least more entertaining than them bouncing around 500 for the whole year.
5: Yeah, I'll take that. This ah. is way better. This is not way better. Losing is never fun, Randy. But the discussion I mean, is fun. Well, maybe talking about it, but watching it, Oh, it's, Randy, miserable. it's, it, it, it's our, our job is to watch sports. I but I was and playing so, golf yesterday with guys that played well for the Cardinals. So you
4: felt better? I did feel better. And we were all commiserating, too, because we all love the franchise. But, uh, I mean, you don't want to watch this stuff. This is bad for your health. This it is. It is
5: a, I'm telling a, you, your quality of life goes down yeah. when you're around losing sports. Mm-hmm. It's just not good. It is.
6: Yeah. Take it or leave it. You combine this with Fowler, and it's the Cubs finally getting their revenge for the Brock trade. Uh, yeah. going to kind of take that.
1: Yeah. I saw somebody say that he was like a sleeper agent. Wilson Contreras oh, was like a sleeper man. agent. I'm Come not on. saying he is, but I was just... <laughs> It's oh. just like Twitter's creative, isn't it? Take it or
6: leave it. Marmol is tagging this team like the Blues fan wanted Barubi
4: to do it. Um, I don't know. He's not in control. This, Ali,
5: I don't know if he's good or bad, but I know this. He's not in control. I, I find that so disturbing because, I, as I told you, Randy and Brooke, every coach that I've talked to that has been fired in their in their career at some point the thing that they always say my second time around, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't care what they say, because here's here's the thing. They're going to fire you either way if you stink. If you're going to get fired, you might as well get fired on your own terms, That's what man. happened with Mike Schill. You, you uh, might yeah. as well go out. <laughs> if you're going to go out, you might as well go out on your own terms. The
1: Cardinals feel like reality TV ever since that whole Mike Schilt situation. I mean, that was, that was just crazy when that happened, and then also you had like the separate phone call with Mike Schilt as well. Remember that, Mm -hmm. where he, you know, said his goodbyes, and there were so many just like coded messages and all of that, which is what this feels like right now too. They say one thing that it's not about Wilson Contreras really, but then your comments don't really match with that?
4: Right, right. And the Cardinal front office, uh, everybody steals something. And this is one thing that they did over the course of the, the losing streak. I think this was like on Thursday or Friday. And we were able, to, because we are stealth, 101 ESPN, and we we got our our 101 ESPN microphones covertly into the, the Cardinal clubhouse for the pregame meeting.
1: Losing is a disease as contagious as bubonic plague.
8: Attacking
1: one... But
4: infecting all. There's a, see, they brought in a losing guy to explain what losing can do to you.
5: So it's kind of like syphilis. A sickness, man. Yeah, it is. It, it gets in your it's body, it gets contagious. on your clothes. You can't wash it off. You can't wash it. stinks. It's a stench yeah. that comes with it.
4: Yeah. Can we get one more? Yeah, we go.
6: Take one it more. or leave it. The lack of significant offseason moves over the last few years is what's starting to rear its ugly head. Uh, yeah
4: i think you you could say that and and the the lack one, one thing the cardinals have done is and this clearly was the case last year when mo said that they were going to increase payroll i don't believe that they had really strong foresight into what the market was going to become in the 30 35 40 million dollar range for starting pitching i think that they thought that when they signed Stephen Matz to an 11 million dollar a year contract that they would be able to get by with that and then Rodon signs with San Francisco for exactly the, the, the twice the amount. He signed for, Matt's 44 over 4 here. The Rodon contract in San Francisco was 44 over 2 there. And I don't, th- I don't know if the Cardinals still have come to grips with where the market is for starting pitching in baseball.
5: You talked about, we talked about this last year when we asked who was the best free agent. Now we have Wilson Contreras, but who is the best free agent other than Wilson that has been signed? And it was Albert Pujols yeah right for for a long time it, it, until Wilson this season Albert has been the best free agent signed in what you said the last 5 to 10 years Oh, no longer than that 15
4: yeah probably mm-hmm. I mean you're looking at people like Matt you're looking at Andrew Miller you're looking at uh, Randy Choate you're looking at Fowler Uh, uh, It has not been Not been great Great at all No 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 way We want you to weigh in here Matthew thank you very much By the way Uh, We want you to weigh in With your mic drops And we will have those Next on the Fresh Take The Fresh Take's all about you Next on 101 ESPN You're back
2: to the Opening Drive Podcast On 101 ESPN
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers
2: A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take.
3: Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app.
4: So it begs the question, so why Wilson? You know, a couple reasons. One, He's really good at baseball. Two, he has great respect for the history of the game and the history of the Cardinals. Three, we were able to, to not have to trade away from our major league club. We, weren't ha- we didn't have to trade prospects. And that was something that we, we valued. And we really wanted to try to, to maintain our core club. And finally... Play
9: some outfield athletic enough to do that if you want from time to time.
4: After enjoying dinner last night together, uh, it became very clear to all of us that he truly wanted to be a Cardinal. That's Cardinals-Pobo John Moselak on the day the Cardinals announced the signing of Wilson Contreras. With Brooke Grimsley and Carrie Davis, I'm Randy Carricker, 805, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Ken Rosenthal has a brand new piece up at The Athletic about Contreras and the Cardinals, and uh, he writes, among other things, the Cardinals, after ignoring all the warning signs, are discovering why the Cubs' efforts to retain him were half-hearted at best. They're making Contreras a designated hitter, removing him as their starting catcher until further notice. Mo Zaloc, in an interview with The Athletic on Sunday, said he still believes Contreras as a catcher, quote, but some of the things we expect, some of the things about the game we've become accustomed to, I think he realizes it's going to require more preparation. Now the question is, can that happen? I guess we'll have to find out. That's what you find out. That's what you're saying after signing the guy to the $87.5 million contract.
1: That sounds like buyer's remorse a little bit, right? It really does, yeah. And and also, too, and just correct me wrong, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck here. Look at how I censored myself. Smart aleck here. <laughs> But do you really think the best way for Contreras to kind of learn this system as they're talking about is in the dugout with Ali Marmol and Dusty Blake, a World Series champ and all star? You think that in the dugout is the best way for him to learn the intricacies of whatever you have going on there that you're talking about? The plan? Uh, hmm.
5: I don't know that that's the best way to learn it, especially if you you paid him X number of dollars. But my question would be, what is it that he isn't doing that they want? What is the thing? Because no one has given us that information. Mm -hmm. What is what is the thing that is not being done that warrants you saying, okay, you're no longer our starting catcher. You're just going to hit. What is that thing? What does that look like? I mean, is it be we talked about it earlier? Is it pitchers hanging breaking balls over the middle of the plate when he's crouched down, sitting on the ground, expecting the ball to bounce? Is that what we're talking about? Is it his demeanor? Is it just an inability to call a game if because the pitchers, as you said, have pitch calm, they have information coming from the dugout. What is it that he isn't doing? Is it framing pitches to give your your pitchers a a, a better shot at getting a strike as opposed to getting a ball? I would like to know what that thing is that he isn't doing that warrants this, deci- this decision.
1: Well, and that's why it just looks like you're throwing whatever game plan that you had going into the season is just not working, right? Because Wils Contreras, I mean, we just we started the sh- what, this segment with that whole introductory press conference. Randy, you were there. I was there for that one as well. And I can tell you, Carrie they were all high on <laughs> on bringing in Will Contreras and Will Contreras talked about how much like he has idolized Yachty, but even with Mozelock with what he was saying i mean they they made it really seem like they looked at a lot of different options and that Wilson Contreras was the best fit. Now they did say they didn't expect him to be the everyday catcher. And that kind of factors in Andrew Kisner into this conversation, but they really talked about his bat a lot, which you could argue in saying that he is doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, how do you? My whole question is: How do you have buyer's remorse for a guy that was in your division that you were able to watch for a long time? You knew that Yachty was retiring; that mm-hmm. wasn't a surprise. So mm-hmm. they even Moseley even said that they had time to really evaluate and look at guys for kind of taking over that role. They knew that he said that, like, we need a catcher. That was one of their big off-season things that they needed to do. You had time, and you bring up that you didn't want to give up prospects. With I'm guessing that that's in reference to Sean Murphy. Mm-hmm. It's just None of it is really making sense right
5: now
4: We promised that we would get to your mic drop So let's get started with Mike here on 101 ESPN
2: This front office And management is An absolute disaster It's time to just start cleaning house Come on Mo, you can't be doing this crap. Uh, Come on, Ollie. You got to grow a set and just, hey, tell them how it is. Tell the management how it is. This is my clubhouse. This is what's going on. This is what I I need done. And this is the way it's going to go.
5: Randy, I mean, when you, listen. Listen. Most managers get fired at some point, unless mm-hmm. you're uh the Iowa Hawkeyes football coach. You just stay mm-hmm. there forever. Yeah. Most coaches. But for the most part, <laughs> you gotta do it your own way. If you're gonna win. If you're, you're going succeed. to win yeah. and not have any remorse for what took place. If you are doing it, here's my, my question. If if I'm going if i'm in the in the dugout and i'm doing exactly what the analytics say and everyone is telling me to do all day every day and we're 11 and 24 at some point i'm probably not going to do that anymore that's just me mm-hmm. i mean if you get mad you get mad but if i win i may have to win it all but hey that's the chance and the risk that i'll take for for us to to have success and have fun as a team it's just i think it's infuriating to watch this team right now with all of the analytics, all of the numbers, and it's not working. Some Somebody has to say, hey, man, I just take the card and rip it up and say, hey, yeah. the hell with that for today.
4: Let's get to another Randy who joins us with a mic drop.
5: So, I've
9: never been a person that complains about the Cardinals not winning the World Series or being all in. Um, I'm frustrated with some of the moves they make and the way they go about things, and I've never been a fire Mo guy. However, whoever's in charge of free agent evaluation needs to not have a job
4: Hmm. hey when you look at the history it is it is not great in terms of signing free agents and by the way the Cardinals have done well with some lesser priced free agents but if you look back at the Fowler deal if you look at Mm -hmm. uh, Mike Leake which was more than 80 million dollars when you look at uh, some of the guys that they let go that they let Lance Lynn go and they didn't, they could have had a, a pretty good pitcher for a long time. So, yeah, I would, it's hard to argue in favor of the Cardinals' free agent history. And Andrew Miller, another.
1: I would say disaster, well, yeah. Yeah. Mistake. Well, and here's a quote that maybe will make you guys feel a little bit better or maybe make other Randy feel better. Probably not, though. <laughs> this was in Katie Wu's article in her exclusive with John Mosellock, the athletics exclusive with John Mosellock. When you make off-season decisions, you're hoping they play out and work, Mosellock said. But there are a lot of things that just haven't gone right for us. Nobody cares if you're having bad luck. The good thing is we have time on our side. Hopefully, we can all be patient enough to work through this. He said this Sunday.
4: Yeah, no, that's not going to happen.
5: What do you, want, you what well, patience do 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 you expect the fans to have and the players if you are I get it. If the analytics are working, if the numbers are working and you're having success then you have proof of what you're saying and why you should continue to do something. If it doesn't work, you should try a different route. That's just my personal opinion you should try some things that actually work
1: yeah, yeah. well and then also this is i mean uh, what is it 33 games like a month mm-hmm. a little over a month into this contract do we need to remind everybody five years five-year contract a month in and you already look like you're having buyer's remorse And there's not a timetable on when he will be back behind no. the plate and i i mean that's That just doesn't make any sense. Could you imagine, I I like how Rocchio added the edit of outfielder in there. Could you imagine if they would have said during that introductory press conference, oh, by the way, he'll probably be an outfielder, a little bit DH. People would be like, well, what did we just spend all that money for? We saw
4: Matt Adams in the outfield, too. Credit Tom Verducci on on, on throwing out that little thing that eventually would come into play a month and a half later. Before we get to one more mic drop from Evan, here's the close to... The brand new piece that Ken Rosenthal has up at the Athletic, Marmol told reporters, "It's a difficult thing coming from a different organization and learning all of it. We have an internal strategy to help with that, and that will start uh, that'll start moving in that direction over the next several weeks." Uh, Rosenthal writes, "The insinuation that the Cardinals play chess while other clubs play checkers is the kind that rankles rival executives. Contreras also cannot love hearing such talk. He skipped the World Baseball Classic so he could learn the team's pitching staff. For all of his perceived w- shortcomings." No one questions Contreras' effort. He is who he is. The Cardinals should have known it.
1: Yep. I I, I agree 100% because it looks silly. It, it looks really silly to, as we talked about earlier, that fanfare. You had that whole fanfare with Wilson Contreras of this is your guy, right? This is going to be your primary ch- catcher moving forward. You scoured the market, right, for the perfect fit for the, the heir apparent to Yadier Molina. And... Th- a month in, a little over a month in, you're already going back on your word. I can't imagine, and of course, I'm, we're not the players. We don't know what exactly is going on in that clubhouse. But to have so many things that we can point to specifically that you've gone back on your word on, I can't imagine in that clubhouse that that feels like a really team environment and that you can trust and buy into this process.
4: Right. We promise we get to Evan. Here he is. My thoughts on the state of the
9: Cardinals in this last week is pretty much just roll out the clown show. No one knows who's going to be playing where. No one knows expectations. And it's actually even seeped into our front office with the Contreras move.
5: Not wrong. Couldn't agree more,
4: Evan. Not (laughs) wrong at all. Uh, Thank you very much for your mic drops, and we'll have more of them later in the show. That's today's Fresh Take. Next up, Curbs joins us talking some hockey here on 101 ESPN.
3: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker, and we head to the celebrity line and the voice of the blues here on 101 ESPN. Chris Kerber joins us. Kerbs, good morning. How are you doing?
8: Randy, I'm doing awesome. It's a uh, big day today in the Kerber household. as it's Gracie's final full day of high school. So uh, oh,
7: congratulations. We're, uh, oh, yeah, wow. we're
8: we're putting everything into
4: perspective this week. And uh, her dad had no influence on her college choice. <laughs> well, you know what? He
8: did actually get into Miami of Ohio, but uh, they 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 like to really charge for out of state people now. So, oh, um, yes. so she she made the decision. She, she she made the decision to go to University of Louisville, and uh, so I, I love the fact that there's horse racing, distilleries, and a short drive, and it'll be a lot of fun. Very
4: nice. Curbs uh, the blues I mean, for could've... her. A lot of fun for her. <laughs> for, her yeah. for her, right? right. Yeah. Uh, the the yeah. blues could have saved our show a lot of angst by being in the playoffs right now. Because of the yeah, fact that the Cardinals, yep. Cardinals are—I don't know if you noticed—because you're a hockey guy, Cardinals are kind of scuffling, <laughs> and uh, so the, the, yeah. the Blues being in the playoffs and on our air every night would have changed things. Yeah, and I apologize. We're going to work on that. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> starting you. with maybe a lottery win today. But I'm—I'm—I'm—I'm uh,
8: I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely flabbergasted. Like I'm actually beyond flabbergasted. With what's going on with the Cardinals, if just I mean, and, I, and you know me, I'm just a huge fan, right? But just a just from a fan standpoint, I'm sitting here going, you you signed a catcher to that kind of deal before you understood whether or not the catcher can understand how you decide to play the game here. And, and I don't know what the hell the Cardinals are doing; it's different than everybody else. I loved your thread over the weekend, but I, I'm just. Like I mean, it really looks like there's just a lot of dartboard, uh, you know, throwing darts at a dartboard right now. But I, I look at two, Randy, like real quick on, on just the psyche of sports. Okay, it matters, and this this is why this is why, and this is not anti analytics Analytics play a terrific role in sports, but but sports are also played by people. They're not played by percentages. They're played by people, and. When you when you jumped on Tyler O'Neill early, that's fine. You want to see more out of a younger player, that's fine. My issue was that you didn't play him for the next few days. Like once you jump on him, I think you got to put the kid right back in, right? That's number one. And then now you're going to play the Cubs, and uh, and and the former Cub who you signed as a catcher, you said, "Well, we're just not going to let you catch anymore. We we don't think you understand what we're trying to do here. We're going to put you at DH." Like I, I don't understand the the mental side of what's going on here.
5: Curbs you and me both. I, I raised my hand in, in, and raised my hand in agreement when you said they are men and the math, is it, it doesn't matter to a certain degree because the players are the ones on the field and in, in hockey on the ice. I want to switch to what's going on in the NHL playoffs. What is going on with the Florida Panthers? Are you surprised at their 3-0 lead versus the Toronto Maple Leafs?
8: Oh, yeah. You, you absolutely have to be surprised that they've got a 3-0 lead on the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, look. One, you're, you're surprised that that they, they beat the Boston Bruins, mm-hmm. but they did it. So now they're on a roll. Now, keep in mind, like, there have been teams, like the L.A. Kings, when the L.A. Kings won their Stanley Cups, they won them from an eighth seed and a seventh seed. And we talk a lot during the regular season about how there – yeah, there was a huge difference in point spread between the Boston Bruins and pretty much everybody else. But the second largest point spread from an upset standpoint between those two teams and the Florida Panthers won it. But so far in this series against Toronto, you don't have a goal for Marner, Tavares, Matthews, or Nylander. Three games in. And the Toronto Maple Leafs actually, yeah, they exercised their demons and they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, but they won three of those games in overtime. They actually only had, the Toronto Maple Leafs only have one regulation win in these playoffs. So... And and it's, it really is an, an intriguing thing going on there. But we listen. We were coming home from a, a soccer tournament in Nashville last night, and we had the highway shut down for a while because of a tractor trailer accident. So uh, me and a couple of the dads that were sitting in the car were just we, we had the you know we had the the Toronto game on the on the phone, and we're watching it while we were stuck on the high. And while the kids were also out in front of the car on the highway doing TikToks, <laughs> we were watching the game, and uh, and it was it, it wound up being a pretty fun time, but. Uh, just, I mean, there were times where Florida, you, you would see four or five players on the TV screen and only two Maple Leafs. So Florida is just playing with immense confidence right now.
1: Well, somebody else that's playing with a lot of confidence, Seattle Kraken with a big win over the Dallas Stars last night. Also saw Vince Dunn like taking on a couple of guys, which I think we all know is a bad idea. What do you think of the Seattle Kraken and how they're doing?
8: You know what? When you saw the Seattle crack, and and I I understand it was early. It was game two for the St. Louis Blues this year. I think it might have been game four for Seattle. They looked a mess, and you're like, okay, is Dave Haxtell the first coach to get axed this year in the National Hockey League? And obviously, we've seen what happened. They turn around. They put a steady season together. They grew with their year, and they play a really solid, defensive, strong game. Uh, and and you know both both the both the Dallas Stars and the Seattle Kraken have good goaltending and they and they play a very good defensive game. Uh Vince Dunn continues to grow into his own, which is which is great. He's the player the blues lost in the expansion draft. Jaden Schwartz had a couple good plays. They got some experience with Schwartz Rubauer and and, and Dunn and some guys that have won Stanley Cups and, and they're playing a very, very steady game and Listen, and if you're a Blues fan, and this is probably will lead into tonight's topic, but if you're a Blues fan, you like what you're seeing right now in this round. You want the Dallas Stars to lose, and you want, you absolutely want the Toronto Maple Leafs to lose, because if those two teams lose, that means the draft picks that the Blues get from both. And, they be, and I say the Dallas Stars because the Blues will get their pick through that New York Rangers trade of Tarasenko. Uh, the, if both those teams lose in this round. The worst that one pick could be is twenty eight. so I mean this is actually a uh, so far the playoffs are looking really good for the Blues in that front.
4: Hey curbs, three point five percent isn't zero percent. We got a chance. No,
8: you're so you're saying there's a chance
4: <laughs> the, uh,
8: <laughs> I um listen there there's a great website Bob, Bob McKenzie of TSN put this out. I saw it this morning. It's called tankathon.com. dot com. So if you go, like, like have Rocky or one of you guys right now, if you go to tankathon.com, it does, like, draft lottery uh, simulations for all the different sports. So click on the NHL. It took me 13 tries on it before the Blues won, and they ended up with the second overall pick. But but it's kind of, and you're like, son of a gun, I'm going to be doing this for, like, eight hours in the summer. I've
4: got to eat breakfast. But the um, uh, Curbs, my it, second it, one. My second one, I got the Blues number two. My, my first one, I got it.
5: Yeah. yeah did you really? One. Yeah,
1: I think so. I That's think. a good that sign, is. right?
8: Yeah. right we'll, we'll, okay, we'll stop so we don't screw it up <laughs> later, right? <Yeah>. So,
1: <laughs> he was so <laughs> <mistaken>.
8: <laughs> But listen, I went back and I looked at I, I looked back um, at the NHL draft lottery and. When it started in 1995, there was a long run where it was just one team that you know that, that was picked, and if you won it, you won the draft lottery. Then for a while, it was it was two teams. Now remember, the Blues did win the draft lottery when they retained the first overall pick. Uh, the New Jersey Devils have won the draft lottery four times. The Edmonton Oilers three times. Uh, there's there's kind of a unique history to it, uh, you know. But so. The Blues do have a chance here, and surprisingly enough, when you look at it over the last few years, you've seen teams jump from 12, from 11, from 6, from 7. So there is some randomness to this. So, yeah, I think fans, and I believe it's televised on ESPN tonight at 7 o'clock, let's hope they win it. I mean, you could win the first two picks, and and if that were to happen for the St. Louis Blues, my goodness, what a – what an exciting summer this could end up being!
4: I've had multiple number twos and mostly ten or eleven. Wow. I was wrong. I got a two. It was <laughs> okay. They just flashed. Yeah, a time see, up. I
8: I couldn't yeah. get. I never got them to one. Yeah, I didn't. I never got them got to got one. Twos. Actually, no, right. I think that. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I got two twos. But the first two was on the thirteenth try, and then the second two was on the thirty-second try. Oh,
7: yeah. It's
5: a right. lot of tens well. and elevens there. Hopefully, um, done it a few times. Yeah, hopefully we're talking number <laughs> one
4: or number two tomorrow morning. Kerb, always good to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. Have a great day. Yeah, have an awesome week, you three. Thanks. See you later. Chris Kerber, Voice of the Blues, here on 101 ESPN. I'm still clicking here. A lot of tens and 11s for us. There's a singles.
5: lot of tens and 11s. Okay, with second. Yeah. Just
6: give me a second. I got you, a second. Matthew, trying to second. get us up to number one? Adam Fantilli. If, 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 oh, yeah. I, 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 If it's not Connor kind of Bedard, if they can still get Fantilli, he's he's probably a third liner next year. That's what people are projecting him as. If they can get that level of player, just give me number two. I'm not getting Grady here. I
4: just got number two again with yes, San Jose. Let's go. The other times I've got number two, Anaheim has been number one, right? I just got San Jose Damn. one and St. Louis two.
5: Arizona mm. one, St. Louis yeah. two.
4: Tankathon.com.
5: It's going to crash. Yeah, <laughs> right,
7: it is.
4: Coming up, we've got the fight here on 101 ESPN. You're back to
3: the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight in the red corner, Average Joe Listener. And in the
2: blue corner, the undisputed king of morning.
5: To the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is AJ. AJ, how you doing? Dude, how are you guys doing? We're doing well. Are you ready to take on Megamind? Uh, we'll, we'll see. All right, here we go. <laughs> Jokic's 53 points last night ranks as the fourth highest scoring playoff game ever and the second highest for a center. Which Hall of Fame big man is the only one to score more with 56? Is it Ralph Sampson George Mikeen or Wilt Chamberlain?
6: Uh, so it's Wilt.
1: All right, AJ. Paul Goldschmidt had his 2nd through three-run homer, a uh, three-homer day in his Cardinals career, still trailing the franchise record of four. Currently held by two players, Joe Medwick is one, but which more recent slugger also holds the record? Is it Scott Rowland, Mark McGuire, or Albert Pujols? Uh... What was this? Can you give those again? Scott Rowland, Mark McGuire, or Albert Pujols?
5: Uh, We'll go with Mark McGuire. Which Laker hit the legendary .4 shot to beat the Spurs in the Western Conference semifinals? Is it Derek Fisher, Robert Ory, or Meta World Peace? Let's go with, I think it was Robert Ory
1: happy birthday to lovey smith which team did lovey get his first head coaching job for is it illinois you know. <laughs> yes buccaneers <laughs> or chicago bears chicago bears
6: all right we'll double check that score we'll bring in randy Carker. aj um, how, how you
5: feeling not good. Not good. Okay. <laughs> Don't know a lot about NBA. <laughs> <laughs> you know football though. I, I saw you answered that one without any hesitancy. Well, he was the St. Louis guy, so why not? All right. We'll, we'll see if that uh, if that helped you any. Randy Carriker is ready to roll. He's got his Slew Billikens shirt on and his diet Dr. Pepper. Got and the he built a golf tournament today. Oh, oh. look at you. Good. and Randy, say hello to AJ. AJ, good morning.
4: Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank
5: you very much for checking in. All right. All right, Randy, you ready? I'm ready. Stan Kroenke and Jokic. Jokic scored 53 points last <gasps> night and ranks as the fourth highest scoring playoff game ever and the second highest for a center. Which Hall of Fame big man is the only one to score more with 56? 56 points. In a playoff game yes
4: logic would dictate that it would be wilt because he scored a lot of points I think well uh, are we calling Bob Pettit only got to 50 so I'm not gonna even go Bob Pettit um, I think I'll just play the odds here and go with uh, with wilt over Bill Russell
1: Paul Goldschmidt had his second three-homer day in his Cardinals career, still trailing the franchise record of four, currently held by two players. Joe Medwick is one, but which more recent slugger also holds the record?
5: I'm going to go with Albert. Which Laker hit the legendary .4 shot to beat the Spurs in the Western Conference semifinals?
4: Um. I th- I'll go with Big Shot Bob, I believe, from the left corner. Big Shot Bob Ori.
1: Happy birthday to Lovey Smith. Which team did Lovey get his first head coaching job with?
4: Uh, he was the defensive coordinator of your St. Louis Rams when they were yours. Uh, and then he got the head coaching job with the Chicago Bears in 2004.
6: we have a winner of today's fight was aj able to come in and spoil the start to the week or does randy pushing through a hot studio today like lebron down in san antonio can randy take the game ring that bell
2: The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy
3: Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis. With the most experienced club fitters in town, why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby.
6: Oh, Randy, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry, AJ. AJ, Randy beat you today 3-2. It was a close one, but he got you at the very end there with the Lovey Smith question that gave him his third one correct. So, So good job, AJ, but just not enough. Thank you. Thanks, AJ. Appreciate that, AJ. And Carrie, I know. You
5: did better than LeBron. You LeBron. LeBron cramped up and didn't finish in San Antonio. It was hot down there. Oh. You but you, sir, are no LeBron James. Uh, no. I, yes. Uh, You're uh, more like MJ. Yeah, I cramped up last night. I had Charlie Horses, but I'm here today
6: playing. <laughs> and playing well you are. You got three out of four. Let's go through those. Jokic is 53 points. It's the second highest ever for a center. Which Hall of Fame big man is the only one to score more? It was Will Chamberlain with 56. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt had his second three-homer day for in his Cardinals career. His third in his overall career. He did once for the Diamondbacks. But he still trails the Cardinals franchise record of four held by Joe Medwick and Albert Pools. Which Laker hit the legendary point four shot to beat the Spurs in the Western Conference? conference semifinals Spurs fans are still mad about Derek Fisher fish whether or not he got the ball off in time and when you can legally inbound the ball and get a shot off the rules changed after that and happy birthday to Lovey Smith which team did Lovey get his first ever head coaching job for he got it his first ever head coaching job was in fact an NFL team the Chicago Bears and he ripped off nine seasons before getting fired the fact that he had never been a head coach and right out of the gate takes an NFL job and goes nine seasons right out of the gate. I I love that. So a 3-2 win for Randy Character in the fight today. Again, AJ, thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show today.
4: Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks, AJ. Yeah, Lovey never did move off of that cover, too, did he? Nope. Even though it was he he can run it anymore. 25
5: years later, he's still... uh, Randy. That's a man that is setting his way. Yeah, I'll say. Because <laughs> it didn't work anymore <laughs> for like the last half of Just that. me. Randy, I, <laughs> one of the names on there is University of Illinois. I watched it. <laughs> watched the, it. You, were, you had to do interviews I and was stuff. there. On the sideline. Oh, Randy. Oh, man. Let me tell you something. Those post-game mm-hmm. interviews were rough.
1: Oh, God, I bet. can imagine.
5: Rough. Yeah. Halftime, post-game, rough. Yeah.
4: That's the fight here on 101 ESPN. Coming up... The Cardinals are just not a local discussion anymore. They are a national disaster. And we're going to talk about that and get more of your mic drops coming up on 101 ESPN.
3: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
6: Yeah, it's hard to go, I think, 180 degrees more than Yadier Molina to Contreras. This is a team that's had
2: success for the past 20 years because I think Molina as as a hub player defensively.
4: It's Joel Sherman of MLB Network and the New York Post. It is based on everything that we have observed about what baseball people are saying. It is a 180-degree turn to go from Yadier Molina, who was, as John Mosella called him in... Ken Rosenthal's article in The Athletic, a coach on the field, you go from him to a guy who throughout baseball was was and has been questioned about his abilities to manage a pitching staff. And these questions go back a long time. They were mentioned by Jeff Passon last year before the trade deadline, obviously mentioned before that. And now... The Cardinals are figuring out what everybody else in baseball appeared to already know, that there is a a level of deficiency in Wilson Contreras' ability to mesh with the pitching staff and call games. And that's mildly troubling when you gave the guy an $87.5 million contract and you do abide by a budget. It's not like the Yankees signed the guy to the contract or the Dodgers signed the guy to the contract. Cardinals are not a franchise that can afford to make $87.5 million mistakes.
5: It's, it, this is an intriguing thing to me. And Brooke brought up this the, the conversation that him and Yadi, Contreras and Yadi had. And I, I'm just going to read the quote. I talked to Yadi a few days ago about it because I was feeling guilty because I was taking the losses personally and I came here to win. He said he was watching the game and that we were not executing pitches, the same thing that I've been seeing. I'm not blaming anybody and I'm not pointing fingers at my pitchers because I'm on their side, but we need to be better at executing pitches with two strikes. You talked about it earlier, Brooke. They had a two-strike count yesterday and uh, gave up a grand slam, correct?
1: That was JoJo Romero. And
5: and who was behind the plate? Not Wilson Contreras. So, again, if, if Yadier is watching it, Contreras is seeing it in real time, Kisner is behind the plate, and you still do the same thing how do you point the finger how does the man that you signed here it's almost like because he's the newest guy here he's the easiest person to scapegoat and you can play it off by saying oh well we're still going to let you hit but we don't think you're performing well enough the pitchers throw the pitch the pitchers decide whether or not they like the pitch that they're getting the signal or deciding which pitch they should pitch in that in that at bat in that in that specific count and so for you to blame the catcher for not the pitchers not locating their pitchers effectively and having success that's an easy scapegoat and it, it's it's unfair for Wilson Contreras to be that person right now
4: and maybe not Jojo Romero but most pitchers that make it to the major leagues make it because they have a level of command and make it because when they get two strikes on a hitter they have a pitch to bury the hitter with and this has been frustrating with the Cardinals' change from Mike Maddox to Dusty Blake. It's been frustrating all year. Brooke, you had the stat 20 home runs are allowed on two strikes? 21. 21 pitches, 21 pitches uh, with two strikes. That is completely inexcusable.
1: No, it is. And not all those were Wilson Contreras. And, right. and I think that's of note as well. As we were talking about, that was Jojo Romero. And you've also had Kisner as well. But the thing that is just really really bad about this is and i talked about this earlier we were all panicking with how historically bad the start has been for the cardinals and it seemed like the cardinals were just like kind of like okay just be patient with mm-hmm. us we're figuring this out the moves this weekend wouldn't you be wouldn't it be fair to say that that's them panicking those felt like desperation panic moves even you have 3 catchers on your big league roster right now why
4: it's ridiculous. Why?
1: And, yeah. and 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 here's the thing. This is a month. <laughs> really this is, is a little over a month in to a five year deal. So let's talk about the ripple effect of what had the moves that they've made so far. Sending Jordan Walker down. You do the whole big fanfare of this is. You know. Yes, we know he's young. We know he's twenty years old. But he made the opening day roster. How could you not put him on the opening opening day roster? He was around league average, but right before he was sent down, and he kind of went through a little mini slump. But then he didn't get any at bats so you didn't even give him a chance to kind of come back in this mm-hmm. before sending him down after so, you sent
4: out a video that showed your manager saying we love the way you work your way through adversity thank you.
1: yes and you talk you talk about how mature he is for his age which if you had the pleasure of meeting him you know that that's true he is very very smart for his age smarter than i was at 20 years old and he's handling this situation really really well and then you also look at this wilson Contreras situation the ripple effect of that so now they said that they're not going to use him in the outfield. So, a day after you said that he will be in the outfield, he won't anymore. But what has been the big issue we've seen so far? Log jams. Log jams. So, you're taking away more at bats from Nolan Gorman, who deserves a lot of at bats because he's been consistently good. I know that he's dealing with the lower back tightness, but even Gorman said this is something that he's always been dealing with and he just plays through it. You have a log jam with that as well. Also, what do you think this is gonna look like to, you know, future players that you wanna court? You know, like when you're courting in data, you want to show, you know, you're that you're really interested in them. And that's what they did with Wilson. They said, this is our guy. They I mean they talked about their first meeting with him and that introductory press conference. They were gushing about how impressed they were with him. And you do this whole press conference saying that he's gonna take over for Yachty, he's gonna be your primary catcher moving forward, and 33 days in, you're gonna make him a DH. Especially, can we talk about two? who they're playing starting tonight too yeah you're making the move right before he goes back to chicago
5: you yes it, it's, there's so it's many troubling. I mean,
1: yeah and it's it, just sorry cd just no, you one, one last thing but that's what i'm saying is if you're courting other big free agents in the future you don't think they're going to look at that and be a little bit troubled that one month into a five-year deal they do this to wilson Trace, what does that mean they will do to you
5: it it does trouble you because that that is something as a free agent you're going to look at and you're going to take you're going to take heed to seeing how they treat free agents. Players always talk. We always have conversations about you know what are some of the good franchises, what are some of the franchises to stay away from, and how do they treat you? Uh, and this is something that that I'm sure players will be paying attention to around the league. But to your point, Burke, I wanted to go back again again what you said about Jordan Walker. His last three games, he was four for 10, 3 RBIs. Three runs scored. That's a, a, that's not a person that is struggling per se for you to say. Ah, oh, yeah, he's not hitting the ball well. He had three strikeouts in those in those last three games, but that's four hundred. You do that throughout an entire season, you're probably going to be an all star and be in the running for for the uh, MVP vote. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's just mind boggling all of the decisions. It would be one thing if he had. You know, had Ofer, Ofer, Ofer for four or five days with four strikeouts, three strikeouts. You would be looking and saying, "Ah, yeah, that that is pretty bad." But this was a young man that was figuring it out, finding ways to battle in at bats, and so you make that decision. You talked about the Taylor Motter decision that was confusing to you and everyone else here. That was a decision that was interesting. Now you bring Wilson Contreras in, telling us he's going to be the the, the replacement for Yadier Molina, and now he's DHing. With $87 million, and that's all he's going to do is take at-bats and not be behind the plate. There are a lot of interesting and confusing decisions that are being made, and the team is 11-24, and and it all makes sense. We promise that we get to your mic drops. Thank you very much for taking the time to provide them. Let's go to John on 101 ESPN.
9: I believe that this all started in the offseason when the Cardinals decided to pass on Sean Murphy and chose to hold on to all their outfielders. And no, I didn't really want
4: to give up Lars Newt bar, but we passed on a gold glove catcher who was an actual catcher. And now that he's away from the Coliseum
9: in Oakland, he is uh, raking.
4: Yeah, the Cardinals uh, Cardinal fans, and I don't know how he feels about Alcantara and and Zach Gallon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know how John feels about that. But the Cardinals are, fans are still moaning about giving up Alcantara and Gallon. So if Graceffo turns into Al- Alcantara or Gallon, they're going to do the exact same thing.
5: Do you think they're a little bit shy on making those decisions because of what happened with, with some of the guys well, that are performing so well now for, and what you got in return?
4: For two reasons. Number one. I don't think they want to pay $43 million for number one starting pitching. And they have a guy that projects as a number one. And I don't think that uh, they want to give him up so that he's a number one for somebody else and they aren't paying him. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think the Cardinals are in the market right now to spend number one type. They just aren't. It's not who they are. They aren't going to spend $40 million on number one starting pitchers. So they're going to draft and develop. And I would guess that. They Well, in the offer, according to Rosenthal, in the offer that they made to Oakland for Murphy, it didn't include Graceffo. It did include any two of four from Donovan, Gorman, I'll go back and, and find it, but it didn't include pitching.
1: Well, and something else, I, I, the starting rotation, to me, it's not surprising what the the start that they've gotten off to. There's been times, I guess, like, inconsistent is the best way to put it. We all knew this, right? And I've seen on social media where some people have put out there, well, this is what the team's ERA is with Wilson Contreras behind the plate. And they even compare with this time of the Cubs and what the Cubs have now with Tucker Barnhart and all that kind of stuff. But here's my whole thing. You don't think the Cardinals had access to all those numbers? Mm-hmm. You don't think they the Cardinals did. saw all that too, so but they, they, knew, that they, they, could they knew they knew that them. they were good. Okay. They, yeah. They, and then what's happening now? He's going <laughs> to learn from the dugout. Yeah.
7: That's exactly. Yeah. Cool tweeted that out. He's going to. What
5: do you have to be taught? Is my question. This is a major league baseball player who has played the position All-star. for a. Co- he's done it his entire career. Now you can say he hasn't played it as much as they would have liked, but. He has been here in that position, had success throughout his career. As you said, all-star, world champion. He's done all of those things. What is it that he is not doing? Because at the end of the day, the person that the ball leaves his hand has control over or should have control over where the pitch is going. I don't care what the catcher does in that regard because if I'm set up for a pitch that is supposed to be low and away and you leave it middle-middle and it gets knocked out of the ball, ballpark, how do I then point the finger, you called that pitch? No, I called for it low and away. That's where I was set up. You threw it over the middle of the plate, sir, and we're watching it go be caught by a fan. Uh,
4: it's It's amazing. What's happening? Uh, We need to get to a break. And coming up, we've got our Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. You're
2: back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
2: It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset.
3: Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf.
6: Now, we've got Wilson
8: Contreras, the guy they talked about all offseason. Ali and Moseloc went down
6: to Florida and met with him. They said they loved him. I love meeting knowing three things he cares about. Winning, building relationships with people around him, and mentoring guys that are younger than him. And uh, that's a really good fit for what we have going here.
4: Evidently not. It's 9.02, your time <laughs> check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. I don't know whether to feel sorry for Ali Marmol or feel concerned about him, because obviously he, well, I don't know, he is towing the company line here. He, he clearly has been put into a bad situation, either because he's incompetent and in over his head, or... Because he's been told to lie about what the Cardinals are doing on a consistent basis. Whether that is, oh, we're going to play Lars Newtbar every day in center field. And then after one game, Lars Newtbar isn't playing center field. Or telling Jordan Walker, hey, we love the way you overcome adversity and you're going to be here. And then once Jordan Walker faces adversity, he's sent to the minors. Or telling Zach Thompson, hey, you're our left-handed reliever. You're our guy. And then less than a month into the season, Zach Thompson is told to give up a year, a year, Mm -hmm. and this is very important for Major League Baseball players, a year of service time so that he can stretch out to be a starter in 2024. Or whether it's saying on Saturday, yeah, we're going to use Wilson Contreras not as a catcher, but as a DH and an outfielder, and then having the Pobo John Moselak go to Katie Wu and say, well, no, he's not going to play the outfield. We talked about that with him, and now he's not going to play the outfield. I don't know whether it is incompetence on the part of Ali Marmal or whether it's dishonesty, but either way he's in a bad situation right now. And one thing I know about athletes, every athlete that I've ever encountered, once their manager or coach lies to him, it's over. The relationship is <laughs> <Yeah>. over, right?
5: <laughs> oh yeah. It's a it's a the worst thing you can do when you're dealing with athletes, professional athletes specifically, is not tell them the truth or not be open and honest. You can tell them anything. You can tell us anything as long as you're telling us how you feel and it is your truth. Mm-hmm. The moment you tell me something and then you go back on it or it is incorrect or it is not what you said it was, now we have a problem. Now I don't trust anything that you have to say to me going forward. And and you know, it's one thing if you're telling that to Kerry Davis, the 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 guy that is on the roster but has been scratching and clawing undrafted free agent. It's another thing if you're telling that to, to Wilson Contreras, an $87 million guarantee contract and he's going to be here for the foreseeable future. Those are two totally different people that you're speaking to and it's a little bit worse when you're speaking to, to a Wilson Contreras and he's not knowing the truth going in. Or a Jordan Walker. Yeah. The, the him as well.
1: Well, and that's what, I'm, that's what I feel like. You should be advocating for your players in this situation because, of course, you're going to have front office managers, general managers stuff like that come knocking on your door and saying, I want this, I want that. That's your job, I feel like, as a manager to say, I have a pulse of this clubhouse. I know what they need. I know what they need team chemistry wise and advocating for those guys because it looks very bad when you can publicly point out the times that you've gone back on your word. And that's not just a Marmol thing. That's on the front office as well. And we keep talking about that, but advocating for your players. These are guys that you believed in and you publicly put out statements saying you believe in them. And then you're going back on your word, essentially.
5: Well, here's the one thing that, that, and again, if, if maybe there's some miscommunication between Mo and Ali, maybe there is a thought that they come to an agreement and Ali goes out and says something. And then Mo is like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. It, it, it would seem that way when you look at the Jordan Walker, the, the video of him and Ali hugging when, when he lets, uh, mm-hmm. let, lets Jordan know he's going to be on the roster, opening day roster. That kind of felt like. That would be the decision going forward. And regardless of if he struggles, which he really didn't have many struggles, but regardless of if he had struggled, he would be here and he would be able to work through it. And then the front office is saying, yeah, no, we think we need to figure out some things in this outfield. He needs to figure out how to hit a slider. He's he's striking out too much. His launch angle isn't good enough. Even though he's got to hit in pretty much every game he's played in, we're still going to send him down to fix him. That, to me, makes no sense. But, you know, that could be a a, a miscommunication or a a misinformation between those two parties.
4: And speaking of miscommunication, here's what Ali Marmol said on Saturday. He said the switch from Contreras to Kisner as the team's primary catcher was made following several meetings with John Moselock, Joe McEwing, Dusty Blake and Contreras. Following those comments, Contreras Contreras said he didn't know anything about it. (laughs) Essentially, he said, "I'm just an employee. I do, I do what they say." And Moseylock went to Katie Wu and said, "No, we're just going uh, to." Th- that was a miscommunication too. We're not going to play him in the outfield. We don't, we haven't heard really from <laughs> Joe McEwing or Dusty Blake about this. But it sounds like the the meeting there
5: was a lo- high level of mis- maybe everybody was on their is, phones how in the meeting. Is there so much miscommunication between the parties that should be talking in the most?
1: Well, and then also Moseylock said that after that game, after Saturday's game, so after they had all that stuff happen at the beginning where you bring up Barrera, all that kind of stuff, they had another meeting with Wilson Contreras after the game, and that's when he brought up that he would be just more comfortable DHing, and that's why Moselock said that on Sunday, was after discussion with Wilson Contreras Saturday night, we decided that he will... We're not going to have him in the outfield, but here's another thing that I thought was interesting about Saturday. Wilson Contreras didn't even know Barrera was going to be called up, and so he even made a statement that he was surprised to see Barrera and happy for Barrera. And he was happy. Can I just say, Wilson Contreras, the way that he handled all that on Saturday was, I mean, a class act. You you know, the comments about being an employee, he brought up the Yachty thing, but he was still respectful in his comments when you could point to that. He was talking about the pitchers in that comment. He was still respectful about that. You can tell that that's a guy and that's what they kept talking about in that introductory press conference. He is a team guy. He's a team player. He said, I'm going to be an employee, whatever they need out of me. And somebody texted in, yeah, for bringing in future players, I'm sure they'll be fine with hitting for $87.5 million. But what about the public shaming? Yeah. Do you think everybody wants to sign well, up for that?
4: Everybody has pride, too. And, and that's, a, that's a, a shot to the pride. Let's get to a mic drop from Tanner, who joins us here on 101 ESPN.
2: Get Walt Jockety and TLR on the next flight to St. Louis. Get them in
1: the air now. We have a season to save, guys. <laughs> I like how he was laughing when he said that, too.
5: We got a season to say. Oh, so, so Walt is
4: one of my all-time favorite executives. <laughs> I, I am a big fan of 72-year-old Walt Jockety. Uh, Tony LaRusso, also one of my favorite people, uh, uh, my favorite managers of all time. I am a big fan of the 78-year-old Tony LaRusso. But this is a young man's game now. Mm-hmm. And the things that Walt was able to do to build a franchise in the 90s and the 2000s, they don't apply now. The game has changed dramatically because of revenue sharing. Walt would have been able to pluck a Brian Reynolds 20 years ago, but now Pittsburgh signs of Brian Reynolds. Walt well, would have been able to pluck a Wander Franco eventually from Tampa because Tampa wouldn't have paid him. Now re- Tampa's getting revenue sharing and uh, so they, they keep Wander Franco. Those players like Jim Edmonds that the Angels didn't want to pay or Roland who turned down $140 million from the uh, from uh, Philadelphia. Maguire, who wasn't going to re-sign with Oakland. Those players that were made available at one point generally aren't made available now. Mm-hmm. And that's the way bu- Walt built that club. If you think about the 0-4 club, Larry Walker won it out of Colorado. Uh, you had Jimmy Edmonds. You had Reggie Sanders who wanted to be here. You had Roland. You had Renteria who you'd made the, uh, well, that, that, yeah, you, you made the well. Yeah, you made the trade for with Miami. Miami would have signed Renteria in, in this day and age. They they signed one or two guys, and then obviously you have Albert and you signed him to the hundred million dollar contract in Yachty and the pitching staff. They, they, John Mosalek, by the way, evaluated Chris Carpenter and recommended the Cardinals sign him despite the fact that he was injured. And, and then you add people like Jeff Soupon to the mix and you've, you've got Matt Morris. Most of the players that were on that team, Jason Isringhausen, were brought in from the outside because other teams wouldn't pay them. Now with revenue sharing, teams, are, more, uh, except for Oakland, are more willing to pay those guys.
1: So I have a question for you guys. And honestly... You know, of course, you can't script out how a season is going to go. But when you're compiling the roster, you're coming up with some sort of game plan of how you kind of predict the season will go when it comes to pitching staff, offense, all that kind of stuff. What do you think the game plan was for the Cardinals going into this season?
4: I have no idea. That That's why a I think wonderful that, question. I, I think they lost their minds when Helsley melted down. I have no idea what they were. See,
1: thinking. I don't. I can't. I can't
5: place that on what took place last year. It's a new season. You clean. You, you wipe the slate clean. You don't worry about what took place last year. That was a, an unfortunate turn of events. You you had Quintana rolling in that game. But analytics told you to take him out, and so you took him out, and then you have the the mishaps there with Helsley. I, I don't I don't put those two things let together me, with what's going on right now. Okay,
4: then let me give you another one that you essentially had no idea what Yadier Molina meant to your organization.
5: I mean, I, I again, I think they understood that as well. I, I mean, you got a a in my opinion a future Hall of Fame catcher, an irreplaceable guy, a, a guy that is not going to be. It doesn't matter how well Wilson Contreras does. He, he's not going to be Yadier Molina behind the plate. He he just is a different level, different caliber. That's like having Peyton Manning and then bringing in someone to try to replace him. You can have some success, but it, it's not going to be to the level that he was.
4: Ted Simmons said that Yadier Molina could be your catcher, your pitching coach, your hitting coach, and your manager all at once. That's how important he was to the Cardinals.
1: Well... <laughs> And here's the thing too, if you if you look at last season, especially with the starting rotation, a lot of the same guys, right? Are we saying that Yachty was just like also a miracle worker with these guys with calling the game, or yes. what do you think that? But he didn't he didn't play the full season as well too. I'm just trying to figure out with what we're seeing with the starting pitching right now. We just knew what it was going into it. Is Wilson Contreras really to blame for this? Is what I'm trying to figure out. How here. different
4: is the starting pitching this year than last year?
1: How many
5: games did Yachty play in last year?
4: Something like Six, Eighty something. Was
5: it
1: eighty? I mean, yeah, still took a lot. Yeah.
4: But uh um, he did have presence and you did have Albert here all year last year that too. That's true. And that yeah. that made a difference as well. I think there's a lot of Institutional knowledge organizationally that's gone. And with people like Jeff Luno and uh, Michael Elias and Sigma Dahl, but then you lose people like Mark DeJean, who was one of their key coaches. You lose a guy like Schilt out of the organization. There's a lot of institutional baseball knowledge that was on hand for the Cardinals that just isn't there anymore.
5: Yadier played in 78 games last year. He wasn't here for some portions of the season. Correct. This pitching staff didn't look that bad when he wasn't playing. So. I don't know that I, I don't know that I could just put it I don't think you could just put it solely on in the lap of Wilson Contreras. I mean, again, a new
4: pitching coach too.
5: You do. Then yeah. then maybe you look there or maybe you look at what you all are deciding to do and then the pitchers aren't able to succeed in that pattern in that in that path. They're not having the success that you want them to have and now you're struggling. But again, you 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 said it earlier, Chris Carter has said it multiple times. You got to get your fall guy. And it seems that uh, Wilson Contreras is that guy. Yeah.
1: Well, and Andrew Kisner has been around these guys for a while, so he does know him well. But that was kind of part of the point of bringing in Wilson Contreras, right, is also for his bat. They said that, too. That was the big
4: thing. Yeah. yeah they they thought that they had, quote, the unique opportunity to have a catcher that brought Thump to the middle of the lineup. And not many teams have that. So.
5: A lot of teams got a DH that brings stump, though, don't yeah, they? Yeah, that's true. And that's yeah. what we got. We, had, we, we got a, a dude with an 800 OPS. We got but a couple it, of them.
1: It just looks 33 games in, and you're already turning to Andrew Kisner. And I'm not saying anything against Andrew Kisner, but should they have just stuck with Andrew Kisner then? Because, okay, say that you bring in Sean Murphy or something like that. Would they have been able to adjust to this intricate system that you're talking about? You'd that's going to. So. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's clearly
5: extremely intricate and, and detailed and. Clearly, Wilson Contreras is unable to pick up whatever it is that they are. Maybe down. the Cardinals need to change the system because you spent 80 plus million on Wilson Contreras right.
2: and you're moving away from him behind the plate after less than 30 games that he's caught.
5: Less than- well, you know what that sounds like, Randy? That, sounds, well, or that, that, that is correct. But oh. that sounds like a coach who understands you have players that are great and you figure it out. You don't fit everybody into a mm-hmm. box that they can't fit in or that they shouldn't fit in because, again, great players, they're just great. You, don't, you, you When you have a great player, you figure out how to make sure that you accentuate the great things that they do as opposed to saying, yeah, you're not great at this, we're going to change
4: it. Why do you think this, this wasn't recognized for six weeks of spring training?
5: Randy, because it didn't exist. Because this is not a real thing. Okay. This is smoke and mirrors. By the way, last year Molina's
4: ERA when he was catching was 3.52. Kisner's was 3.95. So roughly a half run a game better with Yachty behind the plate last year than Kisner. So there you have it. That is uh, today's rush hour. Oh, we should re- reset with this, too. The Cardinals won yesterday 12-6. Paul Goldschmidt <laughs> hit three home runs. And oh, by Matt's, the way. <laughs> wearing number 32 looking for all the world, like Steve, another Steve for the Cardinals, Carlton, who was a big lefty that wore number 32 as well. Did he also throw 86 pitches and get it pulled? pulled? Uh, well, no. Okay. Okay, but here, let me give you a... Want to compare and contrast? No. Come on. Not really. It's, gonna, it's not going to be fun. It's okay. Be One sad. of the winningest left handers of all time. He won 329 games. Uh, six, four, two, ten, Okay. Steve Carlton, six, four, Mats. Steve and Matz. Wait for it. Six, two, and 210. Thank you. So you, <laughs> Steve to Steve. It's, it's, wow. Yep. Uh, just w- wait till you start to see that slider. Two inches. Yeah. It matters. Okay. Yeah, it does, clearly. <laughs> heard, so, so we've heard. Uh, coming up, more of uh, your response with texts on the dysfunction of your St. Louis Cardinals on 101 ESPN.
2: You're back to the opening
3: drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
6: It's almost like the team is acting surprised on what they're getting from him behind the plate. you He played in your division. He was with the Cubs forever. You knew what you were getting. You gave him this contract. You understood that this is gonna be how we're replacing Yadier Molina. So now, when you're in this situation, it it almost feels like a panic move, and it's really weird that the Cardinals are handling it this way because it seems like the last couple moves that they've made all the way to the, from the Jordan Walker sent down, hearing some of the quotes with that, with the Wilson Contreras situation, hearing.
2: Calling out Tyler O'Neill.
6: O'Neill Calling out Tyler O'Neill Just, this doesn't seem like an organization who has had one of the most successful organizations in the history of baseball, as far as winning record go.
4: Chris Young of MLB Network with Greg Amzinger last night and all very valid points. And it is interesting, whether it was Buster Olney or Ken Rosenthal or Chris Young, even Greg Amzinger, the Cardinals throughout Major League Baseball are being roundly criticized. And as Ali Marmal has mentioned, the, nobody's feeling sorry for them. The rest of baseball is really enjoying the travails that the Cardinals are enduring. And when you're acting the way the Cardinals have acted so far this season from day one to day whatever it is, 34? Uh, 20, Early 20, 30, 35, 35, 11, something like that. they They have actually, th- they have earned all of the negative publicity that they're getting.
1: Yeah, I mean, even, here's the thing, is that I I feel like you should always take people for their actions, sometimes more than their words, right? And especially in this situation, when you have this weekend, Oliver Mall, told media members, he said, one thing I want to make super clear is that we are not losing ball games because of Wilson Contreras. This is a guy that has done an amazing amount of work to be able to come, become more familiar with our pitchers and also how we do things. But then why would you move him then? Why is he not living up to your expectations? Mm-hmm. So you say that, but is that the move you made, does that really... Match with the words that you are saying at that moment. No,
4: but rarely does it right with this group right now. It's it's interesting how the actions and the words, whether and we mentioned this <laughs> earlier in the show, whether it's new bar in center field or Jordan Walker, you're going to battle through adversity. Very rarely do the actions and words match up, and it's troubling because as Chris Young mentioned, this is one of the most respected franchises, not just in baseball but in all of sports. Yes. But it seems like right now, all of that respect that they've built up over the years is flying out the window.
5: It does feel like a panic move. It does feel like a an organization that is not accustomed to being in this type of situation where they're struggling so so much and they made a decision, a couple of decisions that, you know, are questionable and you're trying to figure out what the heck is going on or why are we why are we moving in this in this way. Wilson Contreras again, I in my opinion I don't know what the, the stipulations are or what the criteria is that he hasn't met, but he's done it his entire career. Mm-hmm, he seemed guy. to be doing he seemed to be doing it as we've had Brooke has said and, and many of the voicemails. You scouted him for multiple years. He's been in your division. Mm-hmm. You've known what he is and what he is not. And for you to make this huge decision to bring up another catcher, to say he's only gonna be a DH, well he may play some outfield. Oh, never mind. Forget that, scratch that, he's only gonna be a DH. That's a, a sign of, a, of an organization that is not very, uh, very well thought out or well organized in what they're doing at this moment.
4: Want to get to a couple of texts. Number one from the 636. In my opinion, Dusty Blake is the epicenter of the problem. He's the only part of the staff that has changed. Contreras is not to blame, but is unfortunately being led to slaughter. Obviously, the catcher does have something to do with it, not yes. everything. But yes, you are 100% accurate in saying that Dusty Blake replacing Mike Maddox is different, although Dusty Blake was the assistant pitching coach last year.
5: How much does the catcher have? I told you, I think Wilson Contreras should change his profile picture mm-hmm. to, the, to the hanging uh, breaking ball that got hit out, I think it was against Arizona, when he's sitting on the ground and Hilsley hangs it over the middle of the plate. That should be his profile picture because he's clearly set up mm-hmm. for a pitch that is going to bounce. And the pitch location did not match where he was set up. So that's his fault? You know what, though? Should he have laid on the ground? And should he have uh, uh, just what, – what more do you yeah. want from him right. if the pitchers aren't locating their pitches?
4: I don't know what the relationship is between – Wilson and the pitchers. But I can tell you this. There was a game late in 2013. Carlos Martinez was very young. Game in Milwaukee. And he, he walked the bases loaded. And Yadi went out to the mound, and he's pounding him on the chest.
7: Mm-hmm.
4: Yadi goes back behind the plate. And he had loaded the bases, Martinez had with three consecutive walks with nobody out, struck out the next three. Yachty had that effect of making him better. Yachty had the effect of making pitchers better. That's a rare commodity for a catcher. And it's not something that you should go out and say when you have a catcher, this is something you have to do. because. That's why you hire coaches. But Yachty had that ability. I don't know that Wilson Contreras is or should be expected to be a guy that makes the pitchers better like Yachty did.
1: Well, and even Wilson Contreras said he's not going to be Yachty. Mm -hmm. Even though Yachty is his idol, he's going to be Wilson Contreras. And it seemed like the Cardinals agreed with that, right? Because you went and got Wilson Contreras. That's the guy that you're bringing into the organization. You know he's not going to be Yachty. Yachty, obviously, is a special Hall of Fame talent. We're seeing how much of an impact he had on this organization. We're seeing that right now, right? And it, you're not going to find another Yachty, but you still have to be able with to move with the change and the process and organization of shifting to a new catcher. And when you spend five years, $87.5 million on a new catcher, you better figure out a way to mold this organization in a way where it'll work, where he's successful, because if he's successful, so is the rest of your team.
4: And by the way, Yadi is a baseball savant. Kerry, you played with Peyton Manning. He's a football savant. Mm -hmm. Some guys just have, uh, Wayne Gretzky, Uh, some guys just have the innate ability to play their sport. And Yachty, growing up in the family that he did, playing the position for as long as he did, and then being able to work under Duncan Tony, he was a guy that was given... Every ability in addition to his Natural ability to be a guy Who allowed others around him to ascend He was a a rare guy Brooke, Kerry, Randy coming up on 101 ESPN we're going to talk to ESPN's Jesse Rogers he's based in Chicago Knows all about Wilson Contreras and he's next On the opening drive You're
2: back to the opening drive podcast On 101 ESPN
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire And Auto Centers
4: And Super Bowl champion, Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker, and it's always good to go to the celebrity line when our friend Jesse Rogers of ESPN is standing by. He is doing so as the Cards get ready to take on the Cubs and the disaster area that is the Cardinals make their way to Wrigley Field. Jesse Rogers, good morning. How are you doing? I am doing good. Good to be with you guys. And I don't think anybody, and you are one of the preeminent baseball experts (laughs) in the nation, I don't think anybody saw this coming from the Cardinals. Do you?
9: No, I didn't see this coming, but I'm not surprised by their pitching problems. Um, I think we could all, even you guys were saying, look, is this starting staff deep enough? Do they really have an ace? Can Jack Flaherty return? Can Adam Wainwright do it at plus 40 years old again? I mean, I think there were question marks on the starting staff, and that's come to fruition. But 11 and 24 is something no one could have predicted. You're right about that.
1: Well, Jesse, are you just surprised, too, of kind of the whole handling of the situation and how everything unfolded on Saturday?
9: Yes, very surprised, very surprised. It certainly seems like they're using Wilson Contreras as a scapegoat. No matter what his deficiencies are, I just don't believe one player, a catcher, a veteran catcher can um, take down an entire pitching staff, especially a veteran starting staff um, with pitch com available now for pitchers. You know, those guys can call their games as much as the catcher has to. Whatever deficiencies he has, and I'm sure he has some because – Um, the fact that he's one of the better hitting catchers out there, uh, you know, is he going to be perfect behind the plate all the time? No. Is he going to be the best game prep guy? Maybe not. But no matter what the deficiencies are, they can't be enough to take down an entire starting staff. So very shocked that they've kind of put this all on him seemingly, even though they may say things a little differently. Their actions speak louder than their words, although their words seem pretty, pretty direct about this as well. So it's pretty shocking situation. Um, A lot of stress on him as he comes back to Wrigley Field, I'm sure. I I don't know all the answers. I'm not there every day. But I I can't imagine their 533 rotation ERA is all on Wilson Contreras.
5: Yeah, that's one thing that I I found most intriguing. He's a veteran catcher. He's been in, in the division. You've played against him multiple times. How can you blame... So put all of this solely on Wilson Contreras when you got a lot of things that are taking place. And, and what is the thing where they're saying there are some things, some intricate details that he's not picking up about our our method that that is potentially keeping him from being behind the play? What could be those those intricate details that we're missing out on?
9: Yeah, you know, I was talking to David Ross about this yesterday. Now, not specific to Wilson, but when you join a new team, there is new lingo. There's all sorts of stuff Ross talked about when he joined the Cubs he didn't know what straight baller meant. Uh, what, what is a straight baller? Uh, the, the the Cubs coaches were talking about that. And it's basically a guy that can't hit spin. He hits, he hits fastballs for the most part. So it's just stuff like that. But Wilson's been down there, you know, for six weeks. I saw him at spring training. He skipped the WBC to get healthy and learn learn everything about the Cardinals. Is he yadi Molina? No. And that's what I was saying before. But yadi Molina wasn't him offensively in the last few years. So you, you, you take the good and the bad. But – I, I don't understand how, what, how bad the, the bad could be for, for him to derail uh, a whole staff and lose his starting gig behind the plate. So I don't know the answer to your question, but I do know it does take time to figure things out. That's what spring training is all about. And how are you going to figure things out if you're not catching? You're going to just do it behind the scenes before games and, 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 but not take it to back behind the, the plate until a future date? It, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, the phrase desperate times call for desperate measures comes to mind with this move by by the Cardinals. Uh, I think John Mazalak comes out looking bad no matter what. Either he looks bad because he did nothing to improve the starting staff. He looks bad because he signed a starting catcher that is no longer going to be their starting catcher because of some unknown deficiencies, which, again, I'm sure that are true. The Cubs had some issues with him as well. I just don't think it's enough to to say this is why the Cardinals are 11 and 24 with one of the worst pitching staffs. And that's why I say maybe it's just a, a Hail Mary, desperate times call for desperate measures move.
5: Jesse, you have this, the decision with Wilson Contreras. You had the decision to send Jordan Walker down, Zach Thompson. You, you're making a lot of decisions that are impacting the the roster. How, what ramifications could that have on this team going forward?
9: Well, you, you don't just sit still. I mean, I'm, I'm covering the White Sox as well in Chicago and they get off to a terrible start, and they, I think, had a record day of trans. They made eleven transactions a week ago today. <laughs> eleven. So look, when you're this bad, you don't just sit on your hands. I get that, and and, and that's why you try anything you can. It's a, it's their right to move Wilson out and try something else. Um, you know, that, that's fine. <laughs> They're right to send Jordan Walker down. You you do you you don't just let things play out. You 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 uh, um, you send a message sometimes. You wake up the locker room sometimes. You change out guys that aren't performing, obviously, but it's probably easier it is, you know the old saying, uh, and Marmo might be on the hot seat soon enough, but there's that old saying, you can't fire 25, 26 players, you can fire the manager. Well, in this case, you can't fire five starting pitchers, so you fire the catcher instead, so to hmm. speak, move, move him out of his job. So, you know, it, it, the impact on the roster is expected. You're this bad, you, you make changes.
4: Hey, Jesse, when we would talk to Tony La Russa after he retired and before he came back to the White Sox, and he might have even said it with the White Sox, but he, Buck Showalter, always talked about how with the analytics movement, they, they thought that things would circle back. And we look now, and there's Brian Snitker, and there's Bruce Bochy, the, the old more old-school guys. Uh, you, you see Buck having the success that he's having. Are we seeing, slowly but surely, a return maybe to – more people-oriented managers than numbers-oriented organizations?
9: It's possible. I've been asked this question a, a few times. It's possible. Um, but then again, it didn't really work out so much with Tony in Chicago. Joe Madden kind of got rode out of town, and he was a uh, people's manager in, in general. You know, Joe can't get a job again. So I, I think it depends on the individual. I think it depends on the individual. I do think um, – that those older managers have proven that experience does matter. You know, um, Gabe Kapler didn't work out in his first stint, but he's working on his second stint. so you can say that, that, uh, you know, sometimes that, that first time manager thing um, doesn't go over so well, but they have, you have to get the experience somehow, right? As someone's always a first year, first time manager. So sometimes they will learn on that job or they learn on the next job, but after four or five teams like Dusty Baker and, Buck Walter, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. It's just a matter of has the game passed you by, and every individual is different. So I, I don't have a exact answer for you, but I do think the idea of experience um, meaning something has returned to the game a little bit more than just the guy that will listen to the front office and do whatever the front office says.
4: Jesse Rogers, one more thing. You do a lot of interviews like this on Sports Talk Radio around the country, and we're used to having a winning team to cover. I'll tell you what, there's a whole lot more to cover when a team is bad than when it's winning 105 games.
9: Oh, look, uh, the White Sox have really given us reason these last two years in Chicago. Oh, excuse me, and we're the flagship for the White Sox here in Chicago, and, and they've taken a beating from us. Um, yeah, yeah there, there's there, there, there's many more storylines, because when you're winning – the storyline ends up being October. When you're winning every year, it's kind of waiting until October. When you suddenly have a bad season like this or the White Sox are having this year, there's storylines every day about why you're so bad, you know? So when you're expected to be good, the storylines dwindle a little bit until October. When you're bad, you can find something to chew on every day on sports radio. So I get it. I'm sure you guys are pulling out your hair. I mean, honestly – I have like five requests from St. Louis radio for this week. (laughs) And and, and between Wilson Contreras and the way things are
4: going for the Cardinals, I understand why. Hey, thanks for taking some time with us this morning. We do appreciate it. Always good to hear your voice, Jesse. Thanks so much. And we'll see you when the Cubs make their way into town. You were number
9: one and the best on the list, and that's only because you were first. Take
4: care. (laughs) Appreciate it. Jesse Rogers of ESPN with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to head down the stretch. We're going to give you some Aerosmith tickets, and we've got a little rock and roll here on 101 ESPN.
2: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
2: Let's rock. Let's
4: rock today. Hey, folks, we have your chance to score tickets to see Aerosmith with special guest, the Black Crows on October 26th at Enterprise Center. Tickets for Aerosmith's farewell tour are on sale now. Or you can just text us right now at 314-399-9646 to win free tickets with our trivia question get all the ticket details and find a bonus chance to register to win tickets at 101 espn.com or on the 101 app okay you can win aerosmith tickets october 26th at enterprise center but you need to be the person that answers matthew's question correctly
6: which catcher is currently top two in the national league in ops Mm. which catcher is currently top two in the nl in ops
1: if
4: you've been listening to the show you should know the answer
1: (laughs) that's just petty rocky what that's petty 314-399-9646.
4: 314-399-9646. All right, Matthew, what do you
1: How am I being petty? It's
4: just the truth. <laughs> it's just, I think it's a fascinating stat. Is he a catcher still, or is he...
6: <laughs> now that, there, there's
4: the question <laughs> now, that, now, that's
6: how, now that's how you turn it to Petty Rainy, that was good <laughs> I like that um, we've been talking a lot about some of these quotes that have popped up on Saturday and Sunday around the Wilson Contreras uh, situation one that we didn't touch on that I wanted to bring back into the conversation this is from Derek Gould's story uh, early on Sunday and it's kind of right there in the middle between some of the big quotes here and in in, in it reads as this quote unquote there is no timeline on when or if Contreras will resume full-time catching. And when asked if that was the eventual goal, Cardinals officials said, quote-unquote, not necessarily. Honestly, I think that might be the biggest money quote that's getting no (laughs) honest looks, because that right there is terrifying and says a lot about their mindset
1: well and with what you're saying there there were so many freaking quotes I know, that I'm just were saying. really hard to digest this weekend that it just it kept coming because I, it was really interesting if you just go back through twitter and especially some of the writers and everybody's were all working through this on saturdays they brought up barrera then people were like okay well maybe wilson Contreras is hurt and then when it's like, oh, he's not hurt, and this is what they have to say about the situation. Wait, he's going to be a DH and outfielder? And then maybe catcher eventually? But not having a return plan, which, of course, you're not going to reveal everything, right? I, I guess. But saying that he possibly, in that quote, that he possibly might not even ever be a catcher again? I, that's that. Why do you have to say that? You that's, know
4: what I would really like to know? If you the old proverbial fly on the wall, wouldn't you love to know how this explanation was relayed to Bill DeWitt Jr.?
7: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, okay, we're thirty-three <laughs> days into an <it>, eighty-seven. <laughs> You're and a half just talking about it
1: right now. Yeah. Hey,
4: hey, hey, Bill. I, 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 gotta, so, yeah. I got I got, I got some news for you. <laughs> got, got some news. Uh, w- Contreras. Yeah, 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 yeah. We just signed Contreras, eighty-seven and a half million dollars for five. Yeah, we. Um, we don't like the way that he's handling our processes for handling our pitching staff, so we're gonna we're gonna move Wilson Contreras from behind the plate. Well where are you gonna move him? Well, we're gonna make him a DH and an outfielder. Well didn't we just send an outfielder out because mm. you guys said that we have too many and he needs to play and change? Well yeah, but well <laughs> uh, well what are we what are we doing here uh, no. well here's here's we've got here's Kisner and Kisner's got a much better catcher's ERA than contra- uh, but 87 and a half million dollars you said this guy was going to catch every day well yeah but we're changing I, I would just like to know that conversation how that went down do you
5: God, think that's an easy great. conversation to have like for, Can't for be. like and you think he goes in there kind of like with a lump in his throat kind of just a little bit nervous yeah. of what the response could yeah. be. Right. Especially because this is a
4: guy that had to walk in to that office and say, uh, yeah, Bill, we're just going to let Brett Cecil go. I know he's due $7.5 million this year, but we're just going to let him go
5: because it just didn't work out. Uh, and, and so instead yeah. of doing that, we're going to hold on to this $9 million for Paul DeYoung. We're not going to let him go. And we held on to $18 million for Matt Carpenter. Just going to. It's a lot of eating a lot of money huh a lot of money there's also <laughs> a lot of full. money. <laughs>
6: there's also just some of the little things i mean contreras walking in and seeing barrera's locker mm-hmm. and being like wait what's going on here How,
5: that shouldn't happen the communication. communication that shouldn't happen the communication all of these things should be communicated especially when they're when they are star players mm-hmm. again if it's Kerry davis you probably don't need to tell me no, oh, well, if I'm if I'm in Pittsburgh and I'm starting, you definitely should tell me. Yeah, hey, uh, We got to touched on
4: Tommy Lipinski. Yeah, this I, I need
5: to know that. <laughs> what the hell is he doing here? What the hell you bring him for? Hey, practice squad? Is that what he's doing? The hell you bring what, what What's the purpose here? Yeah, We got two catchers yeah. here. What are you doing? Uh, okay, Congratulations, yeah. young fella. Yeah. But what the hell is yeah. going on? Kids must be banged up. Train, yeah. You know, we spent spring <laughs> training together. It's great to
4: see you. <laughs> And that's that's
1: what's wild about that is that um, mixed messages, mixed, unclear messages that we are just trying to decipher ourselves. I I can't imagine that that even goes over well in the clubhouse
4: for a manager who, again, was introduced via Zoom but has always preached, at least until recently, communication, communication, communication. Why did he get the job? Communication, communication, communication. It seems to be sorely lacking. And I will point out again, I had the numbers earlier, but let me just point out this. that The team with the fewest errors in Major League Baseball, with 10, has Mike Schilt as their third base coach. Mm
7: -hmm. And the
4: Cardinals are 20th in defensive runs saved this year, which is the lowest that they've been in a long, long time.
1: Just want to bring up a quick thing because we also haven't discussed this. Why was it Yvonne Herrera that was called up instead of Barrera? So John didn't has a quote from Ali Mamal on this, on the promotion. Most of Barrera's chances will be late inning fill-ins, and after Kisner is removed from a for a pinch hitter, Ali said using Herrera that way would be a disservice to him.
4: Well, Herrera it, Herrera looked overwhelmed when he was up here last year. And I don't think he's having a great year, but he needs reps. He needs to play all the time. And I don't know, I know that he's not ready to play at the major league level all the time right now. But he needs to, he needs to get every opportunity he can to catch, and most importantly, to hit.
6: Randy, uh, it was about a week two weeks into the season when we started getting the panic bus ready. Mm -hmm. You texted us uh, with the Hells League uh, in the late in the seventh inning Mm -hmm. move that it was a panic move Mm -hmm. for the organization. And a texter correctly, I think, referred to, or or excuse me, Chris Young correctly referred to the Cardinals as making kind of a panic move here with Contreras. How many panic moves does a franchise have to make before they are officially a franchise in panic?
4: (laughs) I, I would funny. say that they've moved beyond that. I, I would say that there's no reason to panic when you have a dumpster fire. It's out of control. Okay, then. And this is a dumpster fire.
6: This is fine. That's we're, we're literally yeah, this is it's, fine
4: meme in it right now. You, you can smell it from here, can't you? <laughs> hey, is
5: that what that smells? Yeah, I yeah.
4: Know, I thought that was a. So you smart thought city. it was us because it's 160 <laughs> degrees in our studio.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I have definitely sweated off a few pounds today.
1: Is that the conspiracy theory that somebody from the Cardinals knew that we were going to rip them today, so they yeah. made it sure it was uncomfortably hot and here, that hoping that we would just not it's come possible.
4: in. <laughs> if ever there was a franchise that in a particular moment should not be upset about being ripped, it's this one. They, This is one where you just take
5: it, right?
1: You have yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah,
5: well, the St. Louis Rams earned the right to be ripped But then they got upset yes. When they got ripped Or oh, they, they That's just because They had no clue They, they were t- I think <laughs> tone, tone, tone deaf Is
4: the word Yeah
5: Yeah, yeah. Congratulations uh, to Michael From
6: Washington, Missouri Who wins our Aerosmith tickets And by the way A lot of people uh, Texted in Wilson, Wilson Contreras It was not No It was Sean Murphy Sean Murphy Over a thousand OPS right now It's a, a second mm. in the Major League, what league what position position the National League. He, um, he is a catcher That actually
1: plays,
5: catches He plays almost all his innings A catcher <sighs>
1: And that's why I was saying it was that's petty. That's amazing. That's why it was petty. That's
5: amazing. He, catch, he catches pretty much every game? Y- yeah.
4: Oh. Petty or factual. How did the Cardinals not go out and give mm. up the farm
5: for a white
4: Irishman?
7: <laughs> oh, man.
5: <laughs> Where's my... I need, I need my, my sound. Good <laughs>
7: <Boom.
5: laughs> oh, job today by our producer, engineer,
4: the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Brooke. Yep. Did you
1: have, did you have fun? <laughs> this, yep. I, look, I'm, I'm having fun. It's I I don't want I don't want to have negative things to talk about. I want successful stories uh, to talk too. about.
5: But this is a, we, we're making the best of it. <laughs> we're making the CD. best of it. CD, my man. Get you a fall guy. Oh, get
4: oh your we're fall going guy. back to that get one. That yeah, give me yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Get
2: your fall
7: guy.
4: Okay, we, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, <laughs> and being a part of the show. T Mac and Ajax coming up with a balloon party for all of us until tomorrow morning at seven. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right.